This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Having fun with the world gone crazy. All right, so the world's richest elitist gas bags got together at the World Economic Forum. As you know, that happened last week in Davos. I don't know. Is this still going on now? How much can they talk about? Oh, I don't even know. It's, it's When you're that rich, as much as you want. So these powerful gas bags who basically go there to lecture us on climate and fly all their private jets with, uh, you know, they burn enough fuel to probably fly 80 or 90 people, but it's only them and their assistants, sort of about seven people per jet, including Al Gore and John Kerry, the climate czar, and all those people. It's me, Al Gore. You know, Al Gore. I'm super important. Super important, stupid. Anyway, this uh, annual group therapy for really, really rich people who put together all these conspiracy theories. Like, for instance, they th- they're they saying now that rice is going to destroy the planet. Rice? Yeah, because you see, um, rice is farmed. It's interesting. I saw a special on this because I was really, really drunk. I was going to no, say, you just watched a special on I, rice? I couldn't find the remote. <laughs> Uh, it came on after something uh, this weekend, and it was like, rice? And I was half asleep. You're like, all right, I'll watch. But it's interesting. They don't use pesticides to kill the weeds. In Vietnam and places where they grow rice, they drown the weeds in water. It doesn't affect the rice. Oh. It's really interesting that we don't do anything like that here, but I guess nothing grows like that in that much, mo- that much moisture like they do. But anyway, side note. Um, yeah, they're saying rice is what's creating... The largest amount of methane to uh, destroy the planet. I thought it was cows. No, that's probably second. Why do we have to control everything? So they in Davos, they got together these elitist scumbags to talk about how we have to stop producing rice. Now, the only problem is, this is a little, little, tiny, little, kitsy beatsy problem is 3.5 billion people probably die. Because around the planet... It's one of the cheapest things to feed. 3.5 billion people... Serve rice every day, and they depend on rice because it is the most nutritious bang for the buck. Okay? Yeah. How about so, these guys just... So, it's funny because these elitists, they go to Davos for the World Economic Forum are the most non-racist people, according to them, in the world. But yet, they want to they want to make the world stop making the food that feeds the poorest people in the entire planet. Right? Billions of them. Well, right. we can't starve them off to death if we feed them. These people are the biggest racists. Now, there was one that got up there this this last week that actually said, ready for this? This is quoting now. One speaker said that farmers and fishermen should be tried for crimes of murder of Mother Nature. Okay. It's farmers called, and fishermen? They're doing the most to put back. <laughs> it's called ecocide. 
It's a word that they used all around Davos this week. The concept oh. is generally the mass damage and destruction of nature is done by fishermen and farmers. What do you think what's going on? You don't know. You know, we don't know what's going on around the world that that's coming here in Denmark and what other countries in a lot of these um, Slavic countries. The government's trying to take away farmland from the farmers and stop oh, them from farming. That's They're right. They're doing it in France and the Netherlands. And if you do you it, see then- their protests, the farmers oh. are like spewing the manure at their like houses and stuff because they're like, we're going to farm. You guys can suck one. And if you do it, they fine you and then they take half the- have yeah. the proceeds. Well, they're trying to find you and take your stuff anyway because your cows are farting too much and you're polluting everything. The no. government's got to take this land. You will eat Bill Gates's genetically modified that, that's another plant-based thing. meat alternative. Bill Gates, and I don't know which country it is, has contributed $1.7 billion to, I don't know, one of those countries mm-hmm. that is trying to do away with farmland. I it's, know. It's, He's bought, he owns the, most of the farmland in our country. Why would you get rid of things that grow naturally? Because they want to do it artificially and they want you dependent on them. It's soil and green all over again. It is. Soil and green is people. I wouldn't be surprised. So guess who reared his ugly head again? Who? It's, It's all part of this. Al Gore. Oh, Al Gore. Al Gore flew his private jet to lecture us on carbon footprints. You know, somebody who's making, you know, $50,000 a year, raising three kids in a really just poor area of town, he's going to lecture you on your carbon footprint while he lives in a home that has the carbon footprint of I don't know how many hundred homes, Mm -hmm. you know, like a 10,000, 12,000 square foot home, flies private jets all over the world like John Kerry. I'm super important. He is. And now he's lecturing everybody on, uh, by the way, Al Gore, again, just to give you a little sketch of how he came about. You remember, he was vice president to Clinton. He uh, was worth $4 million, which in Washington terms, is he's a poor. Paltry, yeah. Yeah. So he got out. He wrote this inconvenient truth. Somebody picked it up for a movie. He eventually, in about 14 months to two years, was worth $114 million. How'd that happen? Yeah. I don't know. Convenient paycheck, inconvenient truth. Now, today, Al Gore is worth over $200 million. But it's not about the money. He cares about the planet. The fossil fuel polluters use a portion of their wealth from digging up dead things from the earth and burning them in ways that destroy the future of humanity. They use some of their wealth to confuse people. I get a little exercised about this uh, because I've watched it for a long time and it's driven by pure greed. Pure greed! Pure greed. Yeah, you don't have any greed, Mr. $200 million. <laughs> you know what happened with Al Gore? A consultant got to him because he's the most monotone politician that ever lived. That's why it wasn't oh. real. And told him, you know, you need to emphasize the important part of the sentence. Like, you know, uh, uh, like that one. You know, when you get to the greed part, say pure greed. And it's driven by pure greed. Pure greed. Everybody say it together. Pure greed. He had to practice it in front of the mirror. Probably. I want you to go home and practice. Yeah. So uh, everything is driven by pure greed. Not not his books or his pure greed. If Mm. we deploy uh, electric vehicles. Stop. (laughs) And now I'm going to make you my friend on Facebook. This is very prestigious. You have my email now, but don't give it out to anybody. I'm super serial. <laughs> <laughs> it's driven by pure greed. It is. Wow. Oh, Al Gore. So, so the elitists want you to get an electric car. So he can keep flying his jet. Private jet. Yep. To the places where he can tell people about pure greed. Uh, do, do you want to hear that clip uh, you had me, get, had me get last week with John Kerry? 
Sure. Well, that reporter comes to him and be like, how come you flew here in a jet? He's like, shut up. What's the carbon footprint of these events every single year that you come here? Do you think it's worth it? Peasants pay for your crimes? Mm. That's a stupid question. Is it, a, is it really? Is it, is, it, is it more stupid than you travelling here to tell us? Please, don't, Sorry? We're done. We're done. We are done now. You don't grab me. <laughs> you can't grab us. This is a free society, mate. This is, we have freedom of the press. Why do you think you're more important? Your carbon footprint doesn't matter, but everybody else around the world... Suggested that. Nobody ever suggested that. Don't make up stupid questions. You, you being here suggests that. A stupid question. You being here every single year and doing this suggests that. And, and I have done a huge amount. Listen, now submission. it's finished. Oh, Why can't I ask him questions? Please. Who are you? Who are Why you? Are you trying to bully me out of us? No, so please. <laughs> that, that a lot of people say no to a lot of the policies and agendas he pushes. They don't get a choice, so why can't we ask him a question in a public space? <laughs> yeah. God, who was that? Rude Swiss women shoving him out of the way. Don't talk to him. His handler. Yeah. Little handlers walking around. Mm-hmm. He's like, so why is it, the, uh, how much is the carbon footprint for this event? Because you're all getting here with jets. Like, yeah, he, did he say that? I didn't hear that. Was part well, I mean, of it's, w- it's a whole five minutes of them shoving him in the ice and like. Yeah. <laughs> and it's driven by pure greed. That's right. It All is right. funny, though, that they come out and they're like, well, we're important, so we don't have to obey those rules. But you guys need to. You're not as important as us. I'll tell you what. The lies started flying about. I'm giving it about 10 days ago is when the, the, the it went from, like, um, you know, first gear all the way to sixth gear, you know, oh, yeah. from 10 miles an hour to about 90 miles an hour. Everybody on the meet in the media is lying like it's unbelievable. They must get, I don't know, free meals or something for it. <laughs> Trump uh, was on Hannity Thursday, addressed the states trying to remove him from ballots, which is just, it's pure communism. What's funny is the people that are doing this are the people that are yelling the loudest, he's a threat to democracy, and then they try to remove him. I'm sure the Supreme Court is going to say, we're not going to take the vote away from the people. Now, Biden is a threat to democracy. He's an absolute threat to democracy. He's very dangerous for a couple of reasons. Number one, he's grossly incompetent, which is the number one reason. But he's also actually in his own way. It's not him. It's the people that surround him. You got some very bad people surrounding him at that desk. You have people running the Department of Justice surrounding him. They're young and they're smart and they're communists mm-hmm. and they're Marxists and they're fascists. And they're running this country. They're running it right into the ground. And you know, people don't, half the people in this country, pff, oblivious. Mm-hmm. Oblivious. What did you say you got, that we're gonna, we're not going to play it right now, but you said you had something about that? About, uh, oh yeah, was that, was it Snowden or something? Oh, the... Uh, the vampire thing or something? Oh, the werewolf and vampire thing? Yeah. yeah that, was that about that? It kind of. It's, it's basically how a, a, an uninformed majority will always lose to an informed minority. Bam. It, yeah, it's, it's this game that uh, I guess a Russian guy invented. Wow. So, no, I'm gonna, not now. We'll, we'll do it later. If you compare both him and Biden, Trump and Biden, by action by action, you put them side by side, Joe Biden is really the bigger threat to democracy, factually, starting with the absolute breaking down of the immigration system in this country and allowing 9 million people to cross the border illegally. He is violating Constitution Section 4, Article 4, saying that the federal government shall protect each state against invasion. He's not doing that. His party, even before all of this, Democrats removed other people from the ballot, like Green Party Jill Stein in 2020. They did that. You know why? They didn't want her to siphon votes from Biden. Oh. She would have siphoned at least enough votes to make Trump the president, even though there may 
may have been all this fraud that people are alleging. So they actually removed her from seven states, making it impossible for her. She wasn't going to win, but impossible for her to run. Wow. They, the Democrats did that. Never mind what they did to Bernie Sanders. Not the same exact thing. But you see what I'm saying here? So they're accusing Trump of being a threat to democracy when, in fact, they've already proven that they're a threat to democracy. This uh, former bitter attorney general, Eric Holder, was on with the head racist, Joyless Reed over at MSNBC. And, and listen to the stuff that this guy spews. I mean, you have to look at what it is that they're talking about. That is the Trump, uh, the Trump campaign, uh, the pres- former president himself. And think of the America that they're trying to create. You have a president who is beyond the reach of the law. You have a Justice Department that goes after political opponents. Wait, does this guy know who's in office? We have a Justice Department that goes, yeah, political opponents to your party's president. Yeah, this guy. we need to see to buy them all mirrors for Christmas so they can look into them and see that they're doing the same stuff. Same stuff. It's going on right now. How does he get away with saying something like that? Department goes after political opponents. No, that's what you're doing right now. And he's accusing that he's going to say that Trump's going to do that. Perhaps, but I mean, justifiably, when you think about what Biden's already done that broke the law. Says he's going to prosecute um, Joe Biden. Well, exactly for what? Oh, really? Okay. Let's see. Prosecuting Joe Biden. Here's the list treason, racketeering, obstruction, corruption, violating the Foreign Agents Registration Act. That's because Hunter Biden was selling his influence around the world. In fact, Joe Biden was part of that. And uh, there's evidence of that all over the place. It's just Google censors it. You have to really dig for it. Uh, Joe Biden could be prosecuted for trying to stop Trump from becoming the next president because that's election interference. Ha! <laughs> that's not going to bother them. You would have a United States of America that would be unrecognizable to us. That would be one that you'd see more uh, in Putin's Russia as opposed to the United States that we've come to all know and love. And this is really what this is about. This question is about whether or not our democracy will endure, whether or not our democracy um, will survive. They have put the interests of one man and the views that they have uh, that support that one man above everything else. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're going to go on with that for the next nine months. Mm -hmm. It's to scare people. It's to scare you. To scare you. Blaming somebody else that isn't in office for what the things the person in office right now is doing. Yep. <laughs> it's crazy. Some local notes here. Someone in Florida woke up and they're a millionaire now. Jeez, oh, man. According Wait. to the Florida Lottery, a million-dollar winning ticket was sold to the Publix down there on uh, 60th Street in Hialeah. Oh. Down in Miami's. Okay. Down in the Miami's. All right, in Deland, we got some uh, pervert. I mean, we got so many perverts, I don't have enough well, time. This, this one isn't a pervert. Is it isn't? Oh, no, this is a murderer. Mur- oh, yeah. Murderers and perverts. We need a jingle. Like broad daylight murderer. Whoa. Yeah. 46-year-old man was arrested after a body was found inside his car near a home in Volusia County on what? Thursday. Yeah. P- cops uh, responded to a home on Frankfurt Avenue in Deland around 7 a.m. Uh, regarding a suspicious incident. They later found a body nearby while canvassing the area. Yeah, here, play the, uh, play the, uh, they got the 911 calls on the cops. There's been a murder that happened, and um, we got a couple eyewitnesses. 46-year-old Travis McBride killed a homeless man Wednesday night near South Frankfurt Avenue. The crime was not reported to police until hours later because a neighbor said McBride threatened them not to call 911. I believe the person right now, he's looking in the road, cleaning up the blood off the ground. 
and searching for his shoes. A witness told police McBride was upset because the victim had put glass in a jar for his dogs and he was done with it. What we've gathered at this point, there was an ongoing dispute between the two of those people. The body of the, of the uh, deceased victim was found inside the car of our suspect. I guess he was getting ready to throw it in the dumpster because that's where they found the blood, bloody clothing and everything. And McBride's car was close to the dumpster, so he got caught before he even dumped the body no. in the dumpster. Yeah, yeah, dude. So. Like, wild. Broad daylight shoots him a couple eyewitnesses. He's like, now you shut up. Don't you go calling 911. All right. A, a therapist. I know. Like, let's, <laughs> hey, buddy. let's go back to the soap opera that is Fanny Willis. Actually, her name is, what do they call her? Fanny? I like Fanny. I heard Fanny the other day. Fanny or Fanny. You did? Fanny or something. I was like, is it not Fanny? We've just been saying Fanny? Uh, Yeah, I've been saying Fanny. Same. Yeah, so anyway. In case you've been living under a rock, here's what's going on. See, Fannie Willis is the uh, district attorney in Georgia that started this whole thing with the grand jury against Trump for election interference, you know, whatever. I don't know what the official, you know, infraction is. But, you know, it's the, it's the most dangerous case for Trump because it's a state case and he was found guilty there. There's no pardoning a state case. Anyway, Fannie Willis is the, heading up the whole thing. She's the district attorney. She has eight attorneys in her office, uh, all very experienced in trial lawyering. And they also have experience in RICO cases, which is what they're trying Trump under. RICO laws, which it's used for mob uh, cases because what they do is they, they try to get to the boss, but they don't have to have as much... Um, damning proof as I guess if you just went to if you go directly and try to get what's his name Gotti or something mm-hmm. directly you know that was a Rico case uh, you you really probably couldn't prove anything but if you prove that everybody around them is acting on the orders of Gotti then you can get to him then you can get to him it's a Rico case so that's what they're trying, they're trying to get Trump they got 19 other defendants or 18 other defendants did she pick any of those what? Did she pick any of her people that were in her office? No, she didn't pick anybody in her office. What she did is she went outside her office and found a main squeeze of hers, this guy named Nathan Wade. Nathan was married with children, okay? So what happened was, what happened is they went on luxurious vacations, jetting off to foreign places together. Uh, they took a $2,600 cruise, a romantic trip to California's Napa Valley, while he was still legally married. The lawyer Wade. Wade does not have any experience in RICO cases, very oh. little trial experience. As a matter of fact, he's also handled some pretty wild traffic cases. So, you know, he's not that kind of lawyer, but she thinks he could lawyer anything, especially her. So, anyway, it gets better. So, this week turns out that um, she's going after Nathan Wade's ex wife. She says, Ready for this? She's, Wait, Fanny is? Yeah. She says that Nathan Wade's ex-wife is colluding with Trump to destroy her career. Right. Yay! Okay. Oh. They're both after me. They're all after me. Yeah. Okay, lady. <laughs> and the big news, of course, DeSantis dropped out of the race. <gasps> yeah. Well. It was breaking yesterday on the ticker at the I bottom was, of the screen. Boop, 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 boop. That is the question I'm sure a lot of candidates, like every poll that comes out that says you're this far or you're you're this much of a pot of the pie of people who are probably going to win. It's like, can you really keep spending all the money that other people yeah. are giving you when you know you don't got a snowball's chance? 
I don't know. You know, I, I get that. He's right. Had things been normal and Trump wasn't Trump and it was just somebody else, mm-hmm. you know. But what if, I mean, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but what if Trump is unable to run? And then you're left with Nikki Haley and you're left with uh, DeSantis. Now, DeSantis dropped out, so now we only have Nikki Haley? And she's bought and paid for, so what good is she to us? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So I I don't know if this was premature. Um, as long as she closed the border and, and does something about the inflation, I'm sure a lot of people won't care. She's part point. of the establishment, mm-hmm. and you know what happened with her recently where she was no longer working for the government and all of a sudden ended up working for, what was it, Lockheed Martin made $10 million in the military-industrial complex that likes to have wars mm-hmm. going on because, you know, wars are profitable. So here's DeSantis. Accordingly, I am today suspending my campaign. I'm proud to have delivered on 100% of my promises, and I will not stop now. It's clear to me that a majority of Republican primary voters want to give Donald Trump another chance. They watch his presidency get stymied by relentless resistance, and they see Democrats using lawfare this day to attack him. Well, I've had disagreements with Donald Trump, such as on the coronavirus pandemic and his elevation of Anthony Fauci. Trump is superior to the current incumbent, Joe Biden. That is clear. I signed a pledge to support the Republican nominee, and I will honor that pledge. He has my endorsement because we can't go back to the old Republican guard of yesteryear, a repackage formed of warmed over corporatism that Nikki Haley represents. The days of putting Americans last, of kowtowing to large corporations, of caving to woke ideology are over. So is your campaign. You know, uh, he would have made a great president. The problem is what, so you, rehearsed. what you just heard. That's yeah. that's the problem right there. His whole campaign, I'm telling I I put money on this. I may be wrong, but I'm thinking what ruined his campaign was consultants. Yeah, you know, too many, how do I look this way? How do I look that way? How do I say this? What do I say? Read this You're script. not tall enough. You got to put these things in your he shoes. I don't been, know if I should. Now, wear the high heels. Get up there. Read the prepared speech. Okay. He could have just been himself, and it would have yeah. been better. Now, it, and it's also hampered further by the fact that he isn't very personable. He isn't the most, um, what's the word? Um, His s- bedside manner isn't what Trump's is. He's a you former know? military lawyer, though. When you look at it like that, like... The He's, guys used to having orders and rules and true. doing what people say, and that's he doesn't have do. a scintillating appearance. He doesn't have that thing that 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 people like. For instance, I know you hate his guts, but uh, Mr. Newsom, Mr. Newsom, if you know nothing about him and you were living in a vacuum and you just saw him say a few words, you'd think, man, what a charming guy. Well, that's why people liked Obama at the beginning is because of his charm. Yeah, but uh, and and people still adore Obama, even though that. Pretty yeah, much, you can see Newsom scales a little bit when he turns his head. You can see that he's a lizard person <laughs> just a little bit. So uh, <laughs> Trump retired, desanctimonious officially. I just said, "Will I be using the name Ron Desanctimonious?" I said, "That name is officially retired." <laughs> yeah, because because now now he's he's his pal. Nikki Haley says she is the nominee. Okay, this is where. I, I want to like her sometimes because she says some of the good stuff, but at the same time, it's like, you, what do you always call it? Swirly eyes? Yeah. I did, remember, I didn't like her from the very beginning, and then I got hate mail for it, and I was like, there's something about her. I just don't, doesn't sit right with me. It's almost like when she's talking, she did it to an old lady on Saturday. She was at some event, and she's staring at, I know she's trying to make eye contact, yeah. but it's more of like the devilish laser eye contact. Mm-hmm. There's a Eyes lock in like a like a missile sight, and it's like really weird, and it's like she just totally freezes. I mean, it's you and Donald Trump, so if it's not you, I know you hope it will be, and you're working so that it is. But if it's not, if it's Donald Trump, will you support him as the nominee still? It's going to be me. Okay, now 
Uh, that's great. Confidence is wonderful. Here's the part where she really turned me off. Last week, uh, who was it that... Uh, it was The View. The View brought up the fact I had no idea... Me neither. ...that Nikki Haley was uh, brown. A woman of color? I'm a like, woman she's of... a white American. Bitch, you white. Come on now. She's not even as as dark as Kamala... Ha- which, you know, if you're in the skin makes a difference world, skin color makes a difference world, then I guess these things are important to you. Mm. I, it makes no difference to me, and there's a lot of people out there that think likewise. It's the most ridiculous thing, and all it does is create more racism. Just well, as Pocahontas. Here's the thing. If Nikki Haley was succeeding by a landslide, they would never bring up the color of her skin. But when she's not doing so well, then they want to bring up the color of her skin as an excuse. And for her to do this now, just big turnoff. So here she is. Oh, she pulled out the race card she did. If you want to know what it was like growing up, I was disqualified from a beauty pageant because I wasn't white or black. What? Okay. What are you, in the middle? No, I just... What? Okay. I don't think they're sitting there with swatches trying to look. Uh, yeah. I'm technically brown. Yep. Technically yeah, but you're brown. Cuban, so you don't look it. I lived in a very white neighborhood. Uh, you know where I got the most name calling, which I didn't bother me. I, I've never let people get under my skin. My brown skin. Uh, yeah, it, it was uh, was uh, the the people that lived in the neighborhood with all the Hispanics and all the black people where I was born in Queens. That's that's where I got. Then when I moved to the white neighborhoods, nobody nobody asked. Yeah, it's they just calling him Gringo. Just like Nikki Haley. So I don't know, Nikki. I don't know if you're really reaching. And for you to have to pull out the race car to get an advantage here is really really pathetic. Because they didn't know where to put me. So look, I know. The hardships, the pain that come with racism. Oh, for you see, that's it. I hate her now. She just, knows the hardships and the pain that come with racism. You're just another bag of wind now. I mean, really? Lady, you're a millionaire. I don't know that you know harshness and pain that, that really anybody deals with. So did she pick that up from the view herself and go, I think, you know a, what, I could use that. Somebody heard it because somebody planted that idea and... One of her consultants or PR people picked it up and said, oh, we're going to use this. Because yeah. if you're going to go up against Trump, we not only need you to be a woman, we need you to be a brown woman. And if you can go ahead and be a lesbian on the side, that'd be cool, too. <laughs> it's so wild. I, I, She's going to announce that. It boggles my mind that people still like vote that way. Like, well, mm-hmm. the same color. Oh, you got the same junk. We got to support them. Yeah. It's like, is everybody that Stupid. dedicated to like, this is my team? Yeah, it isn't climate change. It isn't rice. It's stupid. It's going to ruin <laughs> ruin this entire world. It's a tribalism mentality where everyone's like, I'm, I'm so desperate to be part of the group. Be yourself. How about uh, that? <laughs> well, let's see. Uh, DeSantis dropped out, and let's see what Trump thinks about all this. I think he's pretty happy. My fellow Americans, I, Donald Trump, your favorite president, have a few things to say about my opponents. They're all idiots, and they've always <laughs> been idiots. Tim Scott, wow, what a fool. Total garbage. <laughs> huh? He dropped out, and he's endorsing me? Wow, Tim Scott is a great man. So smart. <laughs> anyway, that Ramaswamy guy, I've never met a dumber, more idiotic person. Just a total fool. <laughs> huh? He dropped out, and he's endorsing me? Ramaswamy is a Mensa-level genius. One of the greatest <laughs> people I've ever known. Which is more than I can say for that total buffoon Ron DeSantis. Such an idiot. How he even dresses himself in the morning is beyond me. Just a total moron. Huh? He, he dropped out and he's endorsing me. Ron DeSantis is the smartest man in the history of people. Next to him, Einstein <laughs> looks like a caveman. He's my best friend. Trump 2024. 
Casey Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. That's a filthy habit. Stream it now. 1059sunnyfm.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Having fun with the world gone crazy. It is brought to you by All Electric Services. So the weekend was a big weekend of football, trying to get the teams that are going to be matching up uh, to, I guess, head to the Super Bowl. This is going to be pretty big. Uh, let's see. We'll start with my husband's team that lost over the weekend. Houston Texans lost to the Baltimore Ravens. Jackson keeps Stanley in front of him. Touchdown, Lamar! Yeah, the Ravens are going to the playoffs next week. Um, let's see. Green Bay Packers. I, I didn't I didn't watch this game as closely as I did the other three. They lost to the 49ers by like three points. Wait a minute, you watched three games this weekend? Well, two were on on Saturday Jeez. during the day. It's, it's on in the background while I'm doing other stuff. It's oh, on because so my husband's watching up? it. What do you mean? You didn't throw up from three games all in a row? Well, two were on Saturday, like I said, and two were on Sunday. But I'm doing house chores, so it's on while my husband's watching it. So it's so he'll sit there for three games complete? He's doing homework while he's uh, watching it as well. So you nobody's know, it's watching. It's more of a radio experience. It's like there, yeah, and we're like watching it. Um, the well, the one game that we watched a lot of yesterday was the Tampa Bay Bucks playing oh, the Detroit Lions. I watched that whole game. Yeah, now let me good. tell you this. I don't like Detroit fans. They're gonna, I wanted them to lose because so, I wanted the camera to pan to their faces so I could see. I just didn't. I was like. Why? Because I, they made fun of uh, who, who, who? No, no, that was the Kansas game. Yeah, that's different. Why don't you like them? I don't know. They don't I, look I, good to me. No, I was like, I don't really like them very much. I don't know why. But Tampa played like garbage, so they deserve okay. to lose. They're in the best place they've been in weeks. In, indoors. No, I know. And in everyone a, in watched a, the underdog. And they, I just, they have to go to work in minus 20. They go to a smelting plant, if they're yeah. lucky. And then they live. They work in that plant all day for 12 hours in smelting smell. And you ever been to Michigan, Jill? Why is any of this my it's problem? It's gray there all the time. So they're you depressed. Just you just don't like the pores, do you? <laughs> it's not nothing to do with pores. They're wearing like blue. 
How tawdry. Rick doesn't like people sometimes, and I'll be like, why don't you like them? I'll be like, oh, no. I'm the same thing. Okay, so you just generally get well, a bad vibe. I wanted Tampa to win, but Tampa didn't deserve to win because they played like crap. So why you okay? So why'd you watch the game? Because either either result you don't like. No, I wanted Tampa to win, but they did. did, did you did, did want Tampa. Yeah, I, I wanted don't, Tampa, I don't to win. Want Tampa to win, but um, they didn't, so they suck. And the last <laughs> game that was on last night, I fell asleep kind of halfway through this one. Kansas City. Uh, now wait, before you play the audio for this, um, Kansas City playing the Buffalo Bills. It, it was a really close game. It kind of teetered back and forth, and then the ending was so sad because they went to go kicked the field goal to tie the game. And he kicked a puppy instead. And they <laughs> He was running on the field. Go ahead. He missed the field goal. Oh. Yeah. yeah. And now here's Bass. We talked to Sean McDermott after his one for three performance last week. He has tremendous support in the building. If he has to make one for us, the game on the line, he will. 44 yards. Bass. No, he doesn't make it. Ooh. Wide right. The two most dreaded words in Buffalo have surfaced again. What a drama. Listen to that guy. Well, you know he's getting beat up in the locker room later. Buddy, it's your only job. Kicker. You think (laughs) he gets a kick from each each other team member? That could have tied the game, and then they could have won, but they didn't. They lost. So Kansas City Chiefs are moving forward to play the Ravens. That'll be 3 o'clock, and um, this is going to be on Sunday. And then the Lions are going to take on the 49ers. Now, can I tell you something? I'm a little... uh, now I'm skeptical, and I know it's easy to cheat in baseball, and we had this discussion over the weekend. Yeah. It was me, my husband, and my father, and my husband was like, I can see how it's easy to cheat in baseball, but football's a little different. And my dad and I were both on the same page. It's like, yeah, but money, not the whole team doesn't have to be on it. Yeah. The quarterback can be in on it. Or, or just the kicker. Or yeah, something. <laughs> and it, No, seriously, because listen to this, because we've, we've spoke about this a couple of times. Aaron Rodgers' theory, I don't think it's his theory. I think he just put a spotlight on it because the Super Bowl logo, I'm sure you've heard this before, comes out before the teams are even picked, right? Mm-hmm. And they have two colors on them. And for the past couple of years, those colors have been of the teams that have gone to the Super Bowl, predicted before the teams have actually mm. won the game. So mm. this year, the logo is red and purple. So the prediction is the Ravens and the 49ers, which are both playing on Sunday. Now, I don't know if you guys saw this circling on social media. Yes, yeah, In Canada, they put up Reba McIntyre, Post Malone, and Usher to perform on February the 11th as the 49ers take on the Ravens. Yeah, how I saw, are I they saw, to know that? You know, yeah. but then I looked at me and this guy at the diner. He kept showing me this. Look, 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 just like you're saying right now. We sat down and I looked at it as closely as I could. And I looked another ear. They can do anything these days. The bottom part that says that is a just an itsy bitsy tiny bit more in focus than the rest of the picture. It's just almost not noticeable. So I'm thinking it's a photoshopped. Spook. I think it, yeah. Well, you know whatever. Well, we will find out next week if it is in fact the Ravens and the 49ers. If it God. winds up being them too, purple and red, are you guys going to be a little skeptical about the game? I've been skeptical. When you inject that much money into stuff, it's. <sighs> The outcome has to be controlled to a certain degree. It's, it's a, We talk about it with the NBA or the World Series. It always manages to go to Game 6 or Game 7. Uh-huh. Nobody's ever done early. Well, I mean, Pete Rose pretty much... Yeah, when was that? Proved that. that was in the 80s. I don't yeah, remember. That's what I'm saying. A long time ago. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I saw that. It, it could be. Now, who has to win to be aligned with the... Ravens and the 49ers. Okay, we'll see. Wow. Yeah, because I mean, I and saw those an are not the favorite. A, a mob are, guy that says the same thing. Those are not the favorite teams, are they? Well, you know, when when my husband was so pulling for the Texans and they didn't play great either, there was flag, 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 flag everywhere at the beginning of the game. But That's how they rig a game. 
There were so many. So many. False start. False start. I was like, what's going on? Or like you said, you only need one, em- oh, one, one employee. Only one, one of them. One teammate. Because I, I saw an interview with a mob guy saying, yeah, those guys get addicted <laughs> to the money. They blow all the cash. They need something to live on. So they take out a loan from a sneaky loan shark and he wants his money back. All, all I need you to do is throw the game. Hurt your shoulder. Now you can't throw the ball. Now it's this is swing all this speculation, way. obviously. But I think it's interesting that this theory has come out more than once. And as I was watching the Texans game, I was going, you know, if the Ravens win, that's a little another notch that I'm going to start to believe what people are saying. Then the same thing during the Green Bay 49ers game. 49ers win. I'm like, hmm, this is going to be interesting. Okay. And then I knew Detroit. And here's the thing. I am sort of happy for Detroit because they haven't been there in, what is it, 30 years? Yeah. And yeah. that's exciting for them. So I get that. But um, everybody was like, it was hilarious because after Kansas City won, all I saw on social media was people going, not another week of Taylor Swift. Because, of course, she was there yesterday in who, the box. Now, who booed her? Was it? The Bills fans. The Bills Well, because it was in Buffalo. So yeah. I think it was, you know, as she was walking in. But what was funny was Taylor Swift wasn't even the most popular person in that box last night. It was Travis Kelsey's brother, Jason Kelsey, who took his shirt off. Now it's freezing oh, in Buffalo. Oh, started dancing, yeah, yeah. Right, so he, and he was in right in front of Taylor, so every camera shot, you could see like her hand or the top of her hat, but he was blocking her. So he kind of stole a show yesterday. Anyway, let's move on. Okay. Uh, Alec Baldwin, the news came out about him uh, a year after his first charge of involuntary manslaughter. He is not out of the woods yet. He's been battling numerous charges since the death of, you remember, Helena Hutchins, the one that was shot on the set of the movie Rust. Um, The charges are back again. Let's see. uh, The lawyers, their names are Luke Nikas and Alex Spiro, in one statement, said that he's, um, I guess, the involuntary uh, manslaughter's back. Mm -hmm. So he's indicted again. I don't know. How do you do that twice? Um, You can't try somebody twice for the same crime, but uh, I think you can indict... One's civil and then one's criminal? It says after the first indictment was dropped, I guess Baldwin's okay, reps. Okay, so they, they found new evidence or they have new, yeah. Yeah, new investigation. Um, they have a different pair of prosecutors that found the, um, that the gun had not malfunctioned and that the trigger had to have been pulled and the person holding the gun was Alec Baldwin, so now they're indicting him again for Yeah, I mean, the FBI forensic experts uh, said that they, there's no other way that gun could have been shot. Even though you heard that a lot in the media, right. you know. Well, were, that's what they wanted you to say. They wanted to say, the theory was, oh, the gun malfunctioned. Yeah, right. And then when they proved that the gun couldn't have malfunctioned, the only way the bullet could have been fired was for somebody to pull the trigger, ergo, Alec Baldwin. So we'll see what happens with that. He's still just living his life, hanging out, living it. Remember, we just played the ad last week of him selling his Hamptons home for a bazillion dollars. It was like, so he's under all of this scrutiny and he's in trouble. Any other regular American would be serving time in jail while they're waiting yeah. for their court Well, you know, it's a shame because Alec is such a nice, uh, nice man and he's... Uh, He's also very kind to his family. Is he? Oh, he's a great All dad. All of his children, right? Yeah, he's a great dad. Great dad would be the cue here. Yeah, well, it's still going. Oh, there it is. Oof. Gosh, yo, this is for his one daughter. I'm going to straighten your ass out when I see you. Do you understand me? So you better be ready to meet with me. So I'm going to let you know just how I feel about what a rude little pig you really are. You are a rude, thoughtless little pig, okay? Yeah. <laughs> what did he say in the beginning? I'm going to, oh, I, you're going to meet with me. So it's like he's going to have her. I'm going to straighten your ass out. <laughs> Sounds like Buford T. Justice. Who's the one that says you make me want to smoke? Is that Mel Gibson yelling yeah, at his Mel daughter? Gibson. You make me want to smoke. No, that was his wife. 
Maybe they're all the same person. Have you ever, um, I mean, uh, both of you have been in numerous relationships. I think everybody has, you know, uh, throughout their throughout their life. Have you ever fallen for, you're not even listening to me. No, I am. Have you ever fallen for somebody, like if you get in an argument with a girlfriend, um, her when she cries, does it tend to soften you up a little bit? Or do you kind of roll your eyes and you're like, ugh, now I have to be nice because well, she's crying? Well, I close my eyes and then roll them inside so she can't <laughs> see them. <laughs> and then I say nice little things to, to make her feel better. So there's, it's funny because there's a new study that says the smell of women's tears make men less aggressive. Really? The smell? Of women's tears. The smell. I don't think tears smell, but I guess... They, I, no, I never noticed. Uh, you smell like tears today, honey. The smell of their tears? Yeah, so I guess they, they did a, an experiment and they did scans on men and it showed that they had less activity in areas of the brain associated with aggressive behavior after they gave them a whiff of women's tears. I don't so, even know how that would work. Is that going to be a new candle set at the uh, men's store? Tears. Women's tears. Tears of a woman. Candles. They're saying that I guess there's a By subtle men's. chemical compound that's picked up on within the tear. Salty. I mean, I know they're salty, but I don't. I don't know anything else about that, but that would explain, because I'm trying to think back of how many arguments I've gotten in with like past boyfriends and which ones the tears worked on and which ones they didn't. <laughs> what a manipulator. God. No, it's not. I'm just trying to think like when I did actually cry, and I don't cry a lot, but when I did cry. So wait a minute. So if a free beer is you had to tongue them and then maybe for the, like a mixed drink, which is like three times as more expensive, you would do the tears? <laughs> no, no. I'm talking about with actual boyfriends. If we got in <laughs> fights. That's the same thing. Yeah. I know I could get out of it. With uh, oh, and women do that, and I was—I know this is going to come as a shocker to you guys. You're a great fake crier. I was so dramatic in college. <laughs> I think back to my relationships. I was like, "Ugh, calm down, Jill. You were so over the top." Now I'm not, stuff. but yeah, well, <laughs> free stuff. You got to do what you got to do. Um, Sports Illustrated staff members—they're going to need free stuff. They all got fired. The entire staff got laid off. What? Yeah, the Arena Group, which had been roiled by reports, I guess that they were. Um, remember, they got in trouble for generating the AI content with the with the articles, and they were written by uh, authors that weren't even real yeah. authors. Yeah, there was there was there was typos, there was bad grammar, and it was all because the machine was doing it. Yep. Oh, remember so when it said fired. what was the word, the phrase it kept saying in the middle of this? It was talking about high school sports, and in the middle, insert athlete here. Insert yeah, athlete. Yeah. <laughs> it said insert athlete here, and they left it. They didn't even look at the, what they were sending out on the magazine. Well, after that was done, I guess they thought this was their way to combat that and go, look, we're doing something about it. So they made a significant reduction. I'm going to straighten your ass out. That's right. Uh, of over 100 journalists. Oh. That's a well, lot. They're not journalists. Well, well yeah, it's 100 AI users. Wow. Get ready for the magazine you never saw coming, just like the Sports Illustrated employees. It's the Sports Illustrated layoff issue. Filled with pictures of SI employees being let go. Ooh, cool. Page 7 is Greg in sales boxing up his stuff, and it looks like he's crying. You'll love these high-resolution photos of Sports <laughs> Illustrated employees leaving the premises. Oh, page 29 is Jeff in accounting calling his wife to give her the bad news. Oh, he's crying too. It's the Sports Illustrated layoff issue. Wait, the last eight pages are blank. I guess the photographer got laid off too. Cool. Coming soon. I know, it's crazy, right? Crazy talk. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Having fun with a world gone crazy. You know, working with Smokestack is the same as, well, he's here now. There he is, finally. It's like at home, yeah. uh, when I feed the cats, I get cats in one room. In our bedroom, we got certain cats, and they're the docile cats. They, they, 
they attract violence, so I have to have them in my room. No, because the cats are very... Territorial. You know, much like we are in elementary school, the weaker cats get beat up by the stronger cats just because. Mm -hmm. So I I have them separated. I have the normal cats in the main house, and then I have the... uh, the rescued cats that have urinary problems, they either got, uh, you know, declawed so they don't go in litter boxes. I'm a declawed with a urinary problem, and that's why you keep me in a different room? No, but the thing is, before <laughs> I feed the cats, nice. I have to r- wrangle all the dogs yeah. and get them in one area so they won't eat the cat foods. It's like, before we open the microphone here, I have to wrangle all the members of the show. I'm always here. You said we had time to pee, so... No, I know, but I didn't... I turned over, it and, and we started the update, and you weren't you there. You weren't was... at your litter box post. Exactly. <laughs> I know, I came back. I was like, "Uh uh-oh, the light's on. That's bad. (laughs) No, I thought something happened, you know, and that can happen. You go over there to do one thing. Well, you've seen the flushers we got in there. And all of a sudden- You're like, oh, can't leave yet. I could have been in an ambulance on my way for- Water blast treatment or something. It is very hard to balance your uh, needs throughout the show when you do a morning show. Because it's you have to strategically time everything. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Right. Charlie Spearing. He's, uh, He's an author. He's a columnist. Has a few books out, but I think this is going to be his biggest one so far. Uh, it's a book about Kamala Harris. It's called Amateur Hour. <laughs> oh, so I thought you were saying she wrote a book. Somebody wrote a book about her. Yeah. Okay. No. Nice. Uh, it's about Vice President Kamala Harris, and uh, he talks about how, well, he goes into great depth. I mean, I, I read some excerpts. I bought it last night on Audible. You did not? On Audible, yeah. Did you really? Yeah. So it's called Amateur Hour. And here's some comments from himself. There has been so many stories about how terrible she has been on just even delivering the most scripted lines. There's a lot of stories of people who just quit in frustration, um, knowing that even that famous interview she did about the border set, you know, that that one where she talks about how she hasn't been to the border, but she hasn't been to Europe either. We are going to the border. We've been to the border. So this whole this whole this whole thing about the border, we've been to the border. We've been to the border. You haven't been to the border. I, and I haven't been to Europe. <laughs> OK, dude, it's just no one's talking about that. You know, this will live in infamy, all her audio, because it's just like the thing with the electric school buses, mm. the, the coconut. I don't know what's wrong with you, young people. You think you just fell out of a coconut tree? Dude, she's one blood clot, one blood clot away from being president. It's you realize that? So scary. It's, it's, she's an idiot, complete idiot. Anyway, he goes on. Um, yeah. That was after significant meeting training, media training, and they had prepared her to answer that question. And when it came time to answer that question on live television, uh, she came up with her own thing, and it was just totally astonishing. Dude, uh-huh. she's one of these people. Uh, there's some people. I mean, I'm trying to think of one right now, but there's some people that are that bright. That I, I bet you Ramaswamy's one of them. That if he loses his notes or she loses her notes, uh, she can still do the speech because she's that spontaneous and can carry on uh, a speech for a good 45 minutes without having any notes because they're that bright and they they, you know, we get a lot here on the air. You learn to do that because that's what this job is. We don't have scripts of all the stuff we're saying. We just tell you what we, you know, what we think and what mm-hmm. we, what's going on. But uh, most people don't have that that talent, so it's it's very difficult. She thinks she has that talent, so she goes out there and she's like, 
these consultants to throw that crap out. I'm going to do I'm, it better. I'm going to say, well, I'm, the people are going to be astonished by the things I'm going to say. You think you just fell out of a coconut tree? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we, we've seen all the coconuts and how they can be unburdened by what might have been, but probably will be next week. <laughs> Okay, wait, it gets better. So Megan Kelly had the author on, uh, Charlie Spearing, and um, she told, Kamala told a story. I didn't know this, but I shouldn't be surprised. She's with Biden. These people don't even, they plagiarize and they do it like a 12, like a five-year-old. You know, What was that Bill Cosby skit a long time ago where he walks into his son's room and he's got a reverse mohawk? He goes, why did you shave your hair off your head? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. So it's the same thing. It's like, why, why, why would you do something like this? It's, it's out there. Everybody can see it. So apparently, she tells a story all the time about when she was a little kid and her mother was taking her around on a stroller, and this is how that goes. I got to get out there. And, I mean, when, when were you out there protesting? Well, okay, I'm sorry. This, this is the story. That's just a reporter asking her about the story she tells. Well, I was in a stroller. <laughs> I was in a stroller. And um, so I was out there. And in fact, my wow. mother used to have a very funny story about I was fussing. And, and, and she said, Kamala, what do you want? And I said, and this is how she would say it. And she said, Kamala, what do you want? And I said, freedom. <laughs> no. Oh, come on. Oh, no. It was a much cuter story when she would tell it. That was Jimmy Fallon playing like he was amused by her story, okay? So she said the story that her mother was in a, taking her in a stroller. To a protest. To a protest, and never mentioned which protest or anything. Well, Megyn Kelly broke it down for everyone yesterday. Martin Luther King gave an interview to Playboy magazine. The quote is as follows. I never will forget, this is MLK. I never will forget a moment in Birmingham when a white policeman accosted a little Negro girl, seven or eight years old, who was walking in a demonstration with her mother. What do you want? The policeman asked her gruffly, and the little girl looked him straight in the eye and answered, freedom. She couldn't even pronounce it, but she knew it was beautiful. I mean, it's almost word for word. Wow. These people think that nobody's going to find out. They're a bunch of phonies. Yeah, Kamala, next time I'm going to plagiarize something, don't check Playboy. People actually picked that one up. It's not (laughs) just that she did it. It's Martin Luther, Dr. Martin Luther King. Yeah, it's not like it's Joe Bob, her crazy neighbor. She plagiarized Martin Luther King. She got her job because she's black and she, you know, that's... Off of the opposite of what he wanted. Remember what <laughs> Biden said. No, we're going to have a black woman. It's not, we're going to have the person best for the job. We're going to have a black woman. And race doesn't matter. It could be any race. If you say that, that's totally against the teachings of Martin Luther King. You know, I don't even have to repeat the phrase in the, you know, I have a dream speech. But she plagiarized... I think you might need Martin to, actually. Luther <laughs> King. Yeah. And Megan Kelly do. called her on it. Boom. It's it's breathtaking. That that it looked me right in the eyes. What do you want? Couldn't pronounce it. And I said, freedom. I, I'm calling bullshit on it. Yep. <laughs> Did you have to? I mean, that she could be president. But then again, you got Biden there. How many things has he made up? Oh I graduated gosh. the top of my class. Newsweek now says Biden actually graduated at the bottom of his class and didn't have any of the cool stuff that he talked about. He said he just forgot. Yeah, said his son died in Iraq. No, he didn't. All right. <sighs> okay, let's uh, 
Okay. That wasn't bad enough. Here we go. Um, we really have a problem. TikTok, which is the most popular social media app in the entire world, owned by the Chinese, by the way, says that it's going to dedicate the next nine months to looking out for you and disinformation. That's all. That's everybody on mm. TikTok. <laughs> It says it will continue to be a creative, safe, and civil space for its community, but it will also monitor this historic election year. Of course it will. But it's because it's an election year. Now, all of a sudden, you decide we're going to monitor disinformation. How scary is that? TikTok. All right, let me uh, let me play you a little sample of TikTok. Jill, you want to explain what you got here? So this is... Uh, uh- I don't know the gender of this individual, and apparently they don't either. So if you're one, if you're concerned about misinformation, then get a load of this. This is it. Here we go. I want to try to define my gender, but it's really hard in 60 seconds, so I'm going to talk really fast. I'm gender fluid, and here's how that works for me. Most of the time, I'm one of two like modes or mindsets. Most of the time, I am this weird amalgamation of like genders and vibes and essence and just being that I literally cannot define. I don't know. You're just going to have to take my word for it. It's like the universe. It's like ever flowing. There's like sparkles and it's just like it it changes over time and it moves through each other and it's never it's never one thing and then other like majority of the time i'm just a void like there's nothing there it, it there's just an absence and i don't know how else to describe it so either everything or nothing those are the two that i'm usually in yes tiktok will flag disinformation except for you know that. things like that <laughs> yeah like yeah. For crying out loud. Oh, we're in big trouble. I'm telling you, that does scare <laughs> me because TikTok reaches far more than any of the other social media platforms. It's in the tune of billions. It's like almost two billion but do, people. But do people really not see through the no. fact that all of this is happening during an election year? Oh, now all of a sudden you're concerned about misinformation. It's crazy, isn't it? And nine times out of ten, somebody that's dumb will go, that's a good thing, though. But isn't that a good thing? It's a great thing. Yeah, those are the people that the bubble hasn't popped, and they still think that the government cares about you mm-hmm. and has your best interest at heart. And These people are working to make a better place for us. How could you say something like that? No, they're not, uh, dude. They're after your money. They don't care about you. That's right. <laughs> All right, everybody know who LeVar Burton is? Yes, from uh, Reading, Reading Rainbow. Rainbow. Yeah, and also he made one of the most, um, what's the word, groundbreaking movies of all time. Uh, oh, yeah, he was uh, Kunta Kinte in Roots. In Roots. Oh. Roots. Huge. And he was um, Jordy on Star Trek. That's right. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. So uh, this happened before with a, um, it was a activist. I forget her name. She's very famous, and it's funny that I can't remember her name right now. But anyway, it's, it's, it's from the 60s, mm-hmm. and she's still alive, I believe. And she's black. I and remember she, us doing this story, but I can't think of who it is. I think she's marched along with Martin Luther King. And uh, she uh, was, same um, series that PBS runs. She was sat down. I, I can't believe PBS is doing this. But it kind of, you know what? I, I like this because it kind of shows that we're all the same. You know, because we, we've partitioned our country into black, brown, lesbian, this, that, cisgender, binary, you know, whatever. That's on per- That's what they want. You divide, you weaken, you conquer. So anyway, LeVar Burton, much like this lady, this activist back in the 60s that discovered that 
one of her relatives, I think it was her great-grandfather, great-great-grandfather, owned slaves. <laughs> is it Angela Davis? Yes, it's Angela Davis. Okay. Yeah, it's, okay, yeah. And I'm not sure that's the story exactly. Her great-grandfather took a slave owner to court, is what it says here. I can't remember exactly what it was. That's quite different than what I said. She but, found out, oh, here it is. She found out her ancestors owned slaves. There you go. I was close. So this PBS documentary continues with LeVar Burton. Does he say what it is in here? So just play it for yeah, dramatic yeah. effect? Okay, here we go. Listen. Wow, that's him. You are looking at your great-great-grandfather, James Henry Dixon. It's difficult to make out, but that's, that is your biological great-great-grandfather. Now, I'd have fought you five <laughs> minutes ago if you told me that I had a white great-great-grandfather. You do. You can fight me, but it's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> and ain't nothing you can do about it. What? Kunta! Kunta. Got white ancestry! <laughs> yeah, that's right. What? Yeah. Come on now, Skip. You know, you took two DNA tests. The two major commercial DNA tests almost never have tested an African-American who was 100% sub-Saharan African. Wow. We all have white ancestors. But this is close. That's right. But this is close. And by name. <sighs> yeah. And you know what? White people have black ancestry. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's We're all the same. But yet, we've allowed people who rule over us that we put there to separate us by race. And there's people out there, a ton of people out there, that actually believe that we're all, you know, that, I mean, critical race theory is about complete division between white and black. You know, if you're born white, you're a white supremacist. You're born black, you're dependent on the government because you have to be because you have no chance. We've allowed that to happen, yet you heard it right there, Angela Davis too. Uh-huh. I mean- Slavery itself. I'm not going to play you the Candace Owens thing and the history of slavery. But I got about like three people could tell you the history of slavery. Everybody was enslaved. All skin colors. You know, who sold the first blacks to America from the beaches of Africa? Black people sold black people into slavery. We have no education in school about true slavery. They'll tell you in school about what we did that was wrong, and rightfully so. That that definitely has to be included. But for God's sake, include the whole story. They don't. And they do it on purpose. You think the local teachers like, look, local teachers have to get a degree and a teaching certificate. Yep. They all know the history, the true history. And if they don't, they shouldn't have graduated. But they don't teach it. No, they leave it out. Because it's all an agenda. It's all an agenda to separate you. To what end? Gee, I don't know. Figure it out. So, LeVar Burton. Cunha Kinti. Wow. Isn't that something? Wow. Yeah, it's the more you know. I never wanted to do one of those. I think I'm going to do one. Okay. Really? Yeah. Yeah, but then it's somebody's not- going to make a clone of you somewhere else just to harvest your organs. Yeah, that's the theory. <laughs> I haven't done mine. I don't know. I'd rather have that question mark in my past than have somebody else's have my DNA later. All right. So it was a big weekend for this guy, Matt Riem. So Matt was going to a funeral uh, six weeks ago. He was okay. driving his pickup truck. Uh, I forget which state, Indiana. Rough, rough winter they're having up there, you know, global warming. So he's driving there, and all of a sudden a deer jumps in front of him right before a bridge. You know, oh. just a bridge, not not a big bridge. I'm talking about a bridge over you can't even see the, you know, it's just a little bridge. You know, okay. you, yeah. You thump over a bridge here too, an I four every once in a while, a little creek or something. So he swerves to uh, prevent from hitting the deer, and he loses control of his truck. It hits the side of the bridge, 
flops over, falls about 20 feet into a creek. Oh, Ooh. damn. He partially submerged. Mostly the truck's part, mo- most of it is out of the creek. He was there six weeks. What? Six weeks because he fell under the bridge. Nobody Dude. noticed. And this is what kills me. You want to talk about evil? And, and it's not going to be somebody in office in p- politics or somebody at a corporate le- People in general. I don't know how many people because- this is a very busy highway, even at two in the morning. But this was one. This was not at two in the morning. This is nobody three. noticed a car upside down, half in the no, water. No, no, they could. That that I agree with. You couldn't because was it flipped over and it fall, fell under the bridge. You couldn't oh, see it, okay. and it's a forest and it's a creek. You can't see it. But somebody saw him go over. Somebody definitely drove by and saw him go over and didn't call nine one one. Didn't do anything. How many people? I don't know. But that's that's just human nature. Anyway, so this 27-year-old was forced to drink water from his sweatshirt. He would dip his sweatshirt in the creek or wait till it rained and suck the water. He he survived and sucked the water because his leg, his right leg was stuck between the dashboard and the floor of the vehicle. The vehicle was crushed. How did he live six weeks? So this is how he lived. He, uh, He drank water from his sweatpants, I'm sorry, not sweatshirt, and would wait till uh, it would rain, and he would use it as a drain pipe, and uh, the rain would come down, and he would suck it up, because the bridge was right above him, so the the rain would come, and the water would come down in gushes, and he would catch it. Oh, dude, you gotta be kicking yourself for not washing your clothes as much in that spot, you know? Yeah, and uh, what did he eat? I don't know, it didn't say here. He had to eat something, but six weeks he was in there. Now, these two guys who were fishermen were just walking down the creek after six weeks and noticed the car there and under the bridge. Get out of here. And they called 911. The <gasps> Portage Fire Department came out. They told CNN this guy should be dead. Oh, my um, gosh. Yeah, so the, he used the airbags as blankets. He tore off both front airbags and used them as blankets to keep himself warm. It's winter! Winter. Holy crap. Yeah, they took him to the hospital. He was flown there. His right leg was cut off, but I mean, <gasps> that that's his struggle. I don't know if he's going to repeat any of this here. I'll cut it off if he does. But. The six days I was down there six were days. longest, six days, yeah. most terrifying days of my life because that day I had given up hope. Four weeks ago, 27-year-old Matt Ream was driving on the interstate when he says he swerved to avoid a deer careening off the road and landing under a bridge. He was pinned in the wreckage, unable to call for help. Anyway, long story short, I knew they were going to do that because uh, when they flew him to the hospital, they had to amputate his right leg, but he's yeah. the happiest guy to be alive. It's, uh, it's Can you blame him? You talk to you see him on the news and everything, and he's like, just like busting out with smiles because he's, yeah I can't imagine those six days when you said six weeks I was like Whoa, uh, I meant six, six days six days, yeah. six days. I didn't say six weeks but yeah six days still unbelievable Jeez. Yeah. talk about a miracle yeah, right crazy wow and then we have to ruin it with this oh. get them all lock them up lock them up get them all get them all lock them up perverts criminals lock them up lock them up criminals lock them up get them all Yeah, Orange County, Orlando police say a Central Florida school employee has been arrested, accused of having an inappropriate relationship with a teen student. (gasps) Officials say Orlando Police Department Special Victims Unit received an anonymous tip and then led them directly to 32-year-old Terrell Myron Foy, who works at Blankner School. He's accused of having inappropriate relations with a 13-year-old student who attends the school. Foy was arrested. So I have a question. Y'all. And I know there's a first time for everything, and if you do a background check and they haven't been caught yet and nothing's on there, but when, how many of these stories do you have to do before you go, hmm, 
we need to have stricter screening processes? I don't know. Well, again, if you've never been caught, there's nothing that's going to show up on a screen. That's so true. First-time offenders that get caught at those spots, or at least first time they've been caught, so that's that's it. I mean, he'll never work anywhere else like that again. Because he worked for another school, too, doing like a, a coaching and thing for Winter Park School, and he's mm. already been canned from there. So, All right, well, let's wrap this thing up. It's stuff Rick finds while surfing on the internet, on the internet, on the internet. He may spend too much time on the internet, but he finds something strange and new each day. All right, first up is the Tampa Bay coach. Jill, you want to paint the picture here? Yeah, so this is the coach, like Rick said, of uh, of Tampa Bay, and he was asked, because he's a black guy, he kind of shoots down these two reporters that ask him questions uh, about DEI. Listen to this. Uh, you you and Mike Tomlin are two of the few black head coaches in the league. I wonder what your relationship is like with them and your thoughts on Steve Wilkes joining that fold. I'm a very good. No so he asks him basically, hey, what's your relationship with this other black coach? And what are your thoughts on this other black coach? Because they're all black. They must like, I guess, have meetings because they're black coaches. They have a special black messenger service they use or something. So here's I have a very good relationship with Tomlin. Uh, we don't look at what color we are when we coach against each other. We just know each other. I have a lot of very good white friends that coach in this league as well. And I don't think it's a big deal as far as us being coaching against each other. I think it's normal. Wilkes got an opportunity to do a good job. Hopefully he does it. And we coach ball. We don't look at color. But you also understand that representation matters too, right? And that when young aspiring coaches or even football players, they see you guys, you know, they see someone that looks like them, maybe grew up like them, that has to mean something. Well, when you say you see you guys and look like them and grow up like them, it means that we're eyeballs to begin with. And I think the minute you guys start stop making a big deal about it, everybody else will as well. Because you have been indoctrinated mm. and you yourself are a racist. It's amazing. Because she goes, well, you have to understand representation matters too. Because yeah, so how could a black guy have a coaching job? That's amazing. Right. you got to represent. Let's- He's like, mm-hmm. yeah, if you guys could just quit talking about that, that'd be cool. Right, yeah. These people, they have no self-awareness I at know. all. She Does she listen back and go, God, I sounded like a racist? That's because you are a racist. Mm-hmm. But I love that he shot her down with that answer. Was that great. was awesome. Way to go, dude. All right. Yesterday was the anniversary of the first cell phone commercial ever. Shut up. How many years ago? 1985. No! Do the math. How long is that? 25 plus 23 is, uh, wow, 48 years ago. 48 years ago. No, it's not 48 years ago. Because I was born in 76 and I'm only 47. 49 years ago. No. 85. I was born in 76 and I'm 47 years old. Okay, whatever. That means 40 something. Oh, 15. That's right. 15 and 20, 39. Still a lot. Okay, ready? Here it is. Now hit the send button to receive it. Hello? Hello? You're on the speakerphone. Mobile telephones are nothing new, but cellular mobile phones are. They're different from the traditional mobile phone in that the signal comes from a series of antennas strategically placed around the city instead of one. A computer automatically switches the caller to the closest antenna as the car moves throughout the city. Currently, there are three antennas in the Douglas-Sarpy County area, in North Omaha, Bellevue, and this one in La Vista. The major advantage of the cellular phone over the traditional type is its clarity of signal. Well, initially, it's designed just for the business person that's on the go and needs to be in touch. But as the price of the phone comes down, I think it really will become a consumer item. You think so? (laughs) Phone was $2,700. It's not a commercial. I'm sorry. 
Are you kidding me? $2,700. That was for the mobile brick. Now, if you want it in I your car, and your car was only $1,800. I had one. It's funny. We all pay 1000 now. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, we don't complain. Twenty. I think it's because you don't feel it because like they add the, it to your monthly by like a couple dollars. Yeah, you think it's a, you're so paying- it's over months, so you're like, it's no big deal. Yeah, no, it's it's well. The then iPhone. You realize you've paid twice what the phone's worth if you'd have just bought it outright. You notice that you don't want to know how powerful Tim Cook and Apple are. Think about it. This f- iPhone 15 mm-hmm. is that the, that compl- complete failure. Nobody's buying it. What do you have? The 14? 14. Same. Okay. Even if you go, my wife went because her phone's acting up. She thinks every time it acts up is because Apple's doing it on purpose. Maybe. I don't know. They are. You get so many generations away. Yeah. It's that planned obsolescence. Can't buy the new one if your old one still works. So she went in the store and talked to the guy, and I won't point out where it was because he'll get fired, but the guy told her, he goes, he goes, this is the biggest scam. He goes, there's nothing in that phone that's different from the one you have already. Yeah. Nothing. Except for the titanium case. But I can get one for you that looks titanium. Well, that's what I told you when I went. And the only reason I upgraded from my 13 to a four, or 12 to the um, 14 back, I think it was last year, was because I got water in my microphone, so right. I had to get a new phone. So I went in, and I was just going to get the same phone I had. I was mm-hmm. just going to get the 12. But like Smoke said, they're like, oh, we don't offer the 12 anymore. I'm like, I just want the same phone I had. He's like, well, I can give you the 13. And I was like... What's different about it with the 13 and the 14? He's like, nothing. And I was like, really? And he was like, yeah. And he's like, with the plan I had, I could get the 14 for the same price right, as the right. 13, so I might as well have gotten the, you know, so yes. I just was like, okay. And that's what I said, just tell me what's different. And he was like, it's really nothing you're ever going to notice. He's like, so just whatever. Yeah. No, there's no difference. And then he thought I was crazy because he said, what color do you want? I said, I don't care. He goes, what do you mean? That's like the biggest decision people make when they come in here. They're like, no, I want this series because I want this color. I'm like, I don't care. He's like, well, we're out of black. I'm like, I don't care. I don't care. Just bring it to, I don't care if it's neon safety orange. Just bring it to me. I don't care. (laughs) Neon safety. And finally, uh, in San Francisco, this is happening in a lot of our big cities. Uber, by the way, the CEO of Uber Friday, we played it on the air, said he's going all electric. Meanwhile, Hertz, on the other hand, is selling all 20,000 of their electric vehicles because nobody wants to drive them. Here's what's going to happen. If Uber goes all electric, people are going to stop taking Uber. Right. So now, Uber drivers are also going to start losing their jobs because Uber is going with self-driving Uber cars. Nope. What's that experience going to be like when you step into that Uber and there's nobody there? (laughs) This is awesome. Hello, Jacob, and welcome to your driverless journey. Thank you. <laughs> How about this weather? Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I mean, winter's coming. I hate the cold because it makes all the women cover up. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, okay. <laughs> this neighborhood sure is changing. Yeah, it is. It is changing. Call me old school. But I miss when people actually spoke English in this country. Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, I think most people here still speak English. You know, I watched a man die back in 2012. (laughs) I felt nothing. You you can just let me out here, actually. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm just going to walk. Thank you. Why do I always feel so alone? It's the freak (laughs) fun while surfing on the internet. On the internet. Uh, On the internet. Spend too much time on the internet, but he finds something strange and new each day. The Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. Sunny FM. Having fun with the world gone crazy. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. 
having fun with a world gone crazy. All right, so I love these. We got to ask an idiot. Oh. That would be you. Mm. Ah, cool. And the volume's not up. I knew this was going to happen. I'm sorry. You're busy you eating dist- soup. No, you were distracting me with the, the stuff. Hold on. Let's ask an idiot. So, Rick. Justin Awad, that's his name. It's not. Or maybe a name. it's Awad. A W A D. Awad. He's got 105,000 followers A-Wad. on Facebook. He does this man on the street thing where he goes and asks college kids basic questions. Here we go. You know what the capital of New York is? Um. Upstate. Yeah, that's crazy. What about the capital of the USA? No. What do you think it is? Um. Texas. Texas? Yeah. Yes. How many years are in one century? Twelve, right? Twelve? Twelve. Yes, very good. So how many is in one dozen? Twelve, right? So a century and a dozen are the same? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what was I thinking? If you were born five years ago, how old would you be today? <laughs> I'm not telling you my age. Last question. What is this? <laughs> if you were born five years ago, how old would you be today? 14. So there's that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and, and, they, and they graduate from school. She probably makes more money than I do. They graduate from school. Yeah, these were college-age students, by the way. Just roaming around New York City, and they just walk up and ask them questions. Century is 12 years, if 12 you didn't years, know. How years. are people that stupid? And the capital of the United States is Texas. Hey, they, they're a product of our educational system. I mean, I'm no Art. genius, but come on. Aren't you proud? A little bit of myself, yes. Actually, I feel pretty good about myself Dude, now. Dude, I got people like that in my family. I really do. At the same time, though, I know we like to say it's a product of the educational system. There's only so much you can do. Um, I have friends that are teachers, and they will say, you can't make the kids learn. You can't make them want to learn. If they're slack-ass and they're slack-ass at home and their parents don't enforce anything, there's only so much you can do. She was like, I have one kid that sits there with his feet up in class, doesn't do anything. She's like, you going to do your work? And he's like, I don't know, I don't feel like it. She's like, that's fine. It's your grade, not mine. Okay. You know, and you can only make them do so much. You can't put a gun to their head and grab them by the back of their head and be like, do your work. You here, know? I got uh, I got a little audio for you here. This is a teacher uh, in Florida. Listen. You guys are allowing the internet to raise your children. They go to school six to eight hours a day. They have extracurriculars. They come home, they do homework, and then they're on their tablets. They're on their phones. I worked with fourth, fifth grade girls, sixth grade girls. They should not have TikTok. These fourth grade girls are on the playground twerking. They are so mean and catty to each other. They're literally bullying each other because one girl's parents can't afford to give her Lululemon. They're body shaming each other in fifth grade. And this is because parents are not monitoring their children's internet access. And I got more if you want to hear it. I got a child uh, care specialist. Do you want to hear this? Oh, I I believe all of this. Okay. But go ahead. If you want. Here, I'll play I I blame the parents. They have to take away the tablets. They have to take away the phones and, you know, just control what your children are consuming. It is for their protection. You know, they're they're good parents and, you know, 
intentional parents, but as a whole, working with kids for years and years, I've dealt with these parents and it is like they have them and then they shove them off to everybody else. They let their teachers raise them. They let their after school raise them, their friends, the internet. When they're sitting at the dinner table after not seeing them all day, they put a tablet in front of their face. They don't have conversations. And then the then the kids in turn don't respect their parents because there's no relationship. You can't have one without the other. You can't have respect without relationship. And now the thing is, they, this is worse than Generation Z. And I don't mean, I know those good people in all generations have slackers, but I mean, Generation Z is a, this is one where we're taking a big leap into, I don't want to go to work. Well, no, it's also, I think, because uh, I know a handful of parents that go down the road of, oh, I'm not ready to discuss that with my child. But you have to understand, you have to have uncomfort- uncomfortable conversations with your children about hard things, because if they don't learn it from you, they're going to learn it from somebody else. Yeah. Chances are they've already learned it from somebody else. I've had to have conversations with Elliot that are way more grown up than he is. He's 13. And it's like, I have to have this conversation with you because if you don't hear it from me, you're going to hear a skewed version of it from your friends. You're going to hear it around school. And I want you to hear what it really is from me and not from other people. And they know more than you think they do. Oh, hell And they're yeah. learning it from the internet and they're learning it from TikTok. Like she said, these girls will learn. They're getting their information of what's important and what's not important from social media. If they're mad at me, it's going to make my life uncomfortable. And I don't really want to inconvenience myself in that way. So I'm just going to swipe it under the rug. That's I just yes, said. They're yeah. never taking responsibility and they're never having their child take responsibility for their actions. Yeah. If things don't change, we will definitely see um, some issues. Uh, I think work ethic is going to be really hard. Um, I'm already seeing kids who have zero work ethic. Yeah, and that's going around right now. I mean, uh, there's going to be a time when nobody, they all want to be, you know, on YouTube and be influencers and not everybody can be influencers. And the other thing about being an influencer now that my wife's actually doing this, mm-hmm. it's a lot of work. So much work. It's enormous amount of work. They're not going to do it either. But and you're not doing really your child any kind of justice by coddling them. And I'm not saying don't be sweet to them and be nice to your own child, but I'm saying there is a, a very fine line because what happens is in school, you'll have these teachers that say, well, I have one child that says, well, I have anxiety and I have ADD and I have this and I need a, a safe space and I need to take a test in a separate room because I get anxiety when I test around other people and I need to go do this and I did, I'm triggered by this. Your job when you grow up isn't going to give a rat's ass what you're triggered by why you need they're not going to give you a safe space they're not going to they're just not going to so by telling them oh yes anything that you need to make you comfortable and i understand mental health is an issue but there's also a thing that this is life and you have to deal with it sometimes you have to figure out a way to deal remember the girl friday with the stanley cup yeah this, exactly this, it. this lululemon wearing suburban you know what uh got on tiktok indignant that her it started out with her saying that her her daughter's being bullied at school because she has a Walmart cup rather than a Stanley cup for Valentine's Day. And she said, this is awful. And what did she do? She bought her a Stanley cup. Mm-hmm. And she thought that was the right thing. She was getting a lot of grief online. And she's like, and before you start beating on me, da, 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 da. it's like, you're not there to be their friends. You're there to be their parents. Mm-hmm. Instead of explaining to your child why this isn't important. Because look, if you're triggered by something that small, you're in for a rude awakening when you grow up. 
Yep. It's like Jillian Michaels said with her daughter. Her daughter was triggered by something, a pronoun of some sort. I forget. She said, honey, if you fall apart at something as small as this, you are, I mean, priorities. And she made her watch a video on North Korea to put it in perspective for her. Yep. And they don't when see it. It's like this. I just don't know how to make him stop. Have you ever tried beating his ass? <laughs> well, also a lot of the things that people don't realize is, what you feed your child matters. Mm-hmm. Their environment at home matters. They could be acting out and you're just ignoring it. And you're like, oh, they must have anxiety or they must have AD. No, 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 no. You need to look deeper than that. And that's, you know, there is something to be said about big pharma and them wanting all of your money because it's, it's their fault too because you'll take them in and say, something's wrong with my child. He's not acting right. And all they want to do is throw medication at him yep. all the time. Yeah, here's some lithium. <laughs> Goodbye. Um, Hello. Have you ever tried beating his ass? <laughs> So Snoop Dogg was offered $100 million to do OnlyFans. She made like $20 million on there, right? They was like, "Uh, OnlyFans wants you to come on there, Snoop, and do. You can do about $100 million. All you got to do is pull that thing out. I'm like, I got a black wife. Ain't no way in the world she going to allow me to go on there and pull that thing out for no amount of money. (laughs) Yeah, so he turned it down. He's an old guy. You want to see old guys? You'd be surprised how many people would probably subscribe to... Snoop Dogg. Snoop's thing. Yeah. Only fizzle for rizzle. <laughs> Can you imagine? And you know, $100 million is it's a a lot of hard to say no to, but you know, Kelly Clarkson, I had it last week, she was on the Kevin Hart show, and she was talking to him, and she said, I've had hundreds of millions of dollars thrown in my face to do things that I wasn't comfortable doing, and I mm. turned them down. Wow. And Kevin Hart kind of shushed her. Do you remember that? He was like, shh, 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 shh. Why? She was like, what? And she, because there were people in the room, I guess, that had done the same to him, and he didn't want to discuss it, and they were talking about... They were getting to the depths of the dark side of Hollywood. Kelly didn't reveal what it was that she was given money to do. She just said tons of money to do things I wasn't comfortable doing. So I don't know if there were Hollywood types in the room that were involved in that. I don't know what the situation wow. was, but he tried to poo-poo her and she was like, what? We can't talk. He's like, no, no, we can talk. We just, let's not talk about this. And she was like, oh, oh okay. And she said, okay? She was like, See, oh, that's okay. where I start. Why? <laughs> Whatever. She was like, oh, all right. She's been in the business too long. Um, let's see. Where am I going with this? Oh, okay. Here's another thing. Oh, I should have done this one second. So here's... This is the difference between when you go into a school and there's an issue at the school. I deal with this constantly. Um, when we were talking earlier about children and not wanting to deal with the real problem. So if you have a disciplinary issue in your school, rather than deal with the actual people that are the problem... Nobody wants to do that anymore. I don't know if they're scared of lawsuits, being called racist. I don't know what they're scared of. But instead of dealing with the issue, they want to remove the thing that's causing the problem. So they're not going to deal with the problem children, right? Just get rid of the whole thing altogether. Just get rid of the whole thing altogether and we won't have to deal with it, which is not really teaching the best lesson in the world, right? Mm -hmm. So if you have two students that are unruly during lunchtime, right, and they're throwing bottles and they're misbehaving... All of lunch gets punished. Nobody talks. You go in there and you eat your lunch. Instead of dealing with the two kids that are the issue, they don't want to do that. So then this is a very similar case. A middle school students in North Carolina had the mirrors in their bathrooms taken out because they've become a distraction. What happened was people were going into the bathrooms and they were filming TikTok videos in front of the mirrors. So instead of punishing the kids for doing the TikToks during school, they removed the mirrors from the bathrooms altogether. I'm going to straighten your ass out. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly it. 
Avo- wow. avoidance of having to do your job. I don't want to. I don't can't. I can't get this person in trouble. Their parent donates too much to the PTA, so we're just gonna. What do we do? Just take all the mirrors out. That'll solve it. Well, wow. not now. It's for one thing. Peeing. Get back to work. <laughs> I just don't. Does it make any sense? Make it make sense to me. Of course me. it doesn't. Well, I mean, no, it doesn't. Well, it makes sense. When you try to ban the phone, parents start flipping out. That's the next best thing. Yeah. You know, that was that was happening in schools here, which I'm fine with. You yeah. can't use your phone from Kids survived Bell- a long time without cell phones in school for years, and it's not like it, it's going to kill them now. Bell, I think from the first bell to the last bell, you're not supposed to have your phone out, right? And parents mm-hmm. were like, oh, what if it's an emergency? What if my child needs me? What if they don't feel good? I'm like, the school has a phone. So I told <laughs> yeah. Elliot, I'm like, if you don't feel good, go to the nurse's office, go to the office and say, I need to call my mom, come pick me up, I'm sick. And then you could call me from that phone, right? Or half the time he'll they'll say, you know, if they go, hey, I don't feel good, I need to text my mom, can I? And the teacher will go, yeah, sure. Or like, because Elliot will text me every so often and be like, Elliot will text me every so often because he's got bad allergies and he'll go, can you bring my allergy medicine up to school and give it to me? So I'll go, sure. So then I'll go up to school. You have to check him out of school, walk him across the street, give him the medication and check him back in because I don't know why you can't How give- ridiculous is I that? Know. So it's like, he doesn't come home, but I have to go up there and give him his medication. Oh my gosh. If he's having an allergy attack. But uh, yeah, so he'll have to say to his teacher, can I text my mom real quick? I need her to bring me my medicine. And they'll say, sure. But I don't have a problem with... But it's not like, and you'll have parents like Smokes Right that will throw a fit and say, you can't take my child's phone away from them. I just tell Elliot, don't take it out because you know it's going to get taken from you and brought to the principal's office. And then I'm going to be pissed because now I got to go up to the school and I got to get the phone back because they won't give it back to him. They'll only right. give it back to me. Right. I was like, so just don't, if you know you're not supposed to do it, just don't do it. If you need to do it, then ask them, you know. Um, something else people are giving up. They're giving up coffee because caffeine, they're saying here, has been proven to be bad for your health. No. I have no, no. haven't had caffeine in. No, every, every so what, often I'll have it, but that's what's wrong with you. Damn, I know. Damn it. <laughs> uh, you'll bring me decaf um, yeah. out of the kindness of your heart, because in your pack, every so often a gross decaf pot will get in there, and you'll be mm-hmm. like, "Ew, give it to Jill." Exactly, <laughs> yucky. <laughs> so I'll do that, but it's believe it or not, at the beginning, I thought it was going to be a lot harder than it was. Um, The first week is usually really hard. And I thought, there's no way in hell I can get up at three o'clock in the morning and not have caffeine. How in the world am I going to function? Um, I mean, because there's people out there like going to bed at normal times, getting a full night's sleep, and that's how they function. Those people are sociopaths. I don't know how you do that. I drink coffee like a couple hours before I go to sleep, a whole 20 ounces. When I drank caffeine, I don't know if it's a to me, I would joke and say it was a Hispanic thing because we always have coffee after dinner. Yeah. Not a Hispanic thing, an Italian thing because we always have coffee after dinner. But um, I would, when I did drink caffeine, I was very capable of drinking a lot of caffeine and then going right to sleep. Yeah, I have no problem. So I don't feel like it did a whole lot to me. But in your system, if you take something away, you have these withdrawals and I would get headaches. But it was mm. only for about a week. But believe it or <laughs> a not. Week. No, it's a, yeah, <laughs> no it's a week. Problem. It was a week. After a week, the headaches went away right. and I was fine. Um, but oh, if you are trying to. Oh, man. Yeah, that, that's, that was harder than I thought that's it was. That's hard. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. Um, if you, it's in so much stuff you don't realize. Because even if you're not drinking coffee or tea, isn't there something like chocolate or chocolate, certain fruits, Coke. I think? Well, yeah, soda, and a lot of people will switch to tea, but there's also, there's caffeine in tea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, unless it says decaffeinated. There's a smaller amount, but there's still caffeine in that. Um, but if you are looking to cut back on caffeine and you need a little support, there's a group for that. Are you addicted to caffeine? I'm not addicted to caffeine. Who says I'm addicted to caffeine? If this sounds like you, with our support, you can quit caffeine at Caffeinon. Mm. 
my name is Nick. Hi, Nick. It's been two weeks since I last had caffeine. Oh, man, I think I gotta lie down. I'm exhausted. We'll guide you through the withdrawal symptoms. Even one sip of coffee would make me uh, regular. But now, I just sit there and I hate eating prunes. We'll celebrate your caffeine-free victories. Uh, My kids got me one of those mugs that says, Not until I've had my coffee. And I haven't talked to my family in a month. And help you through your inevitable relapse defeats. I don't know what came over me. I ran into the Starbucks and ordered a venti ice triple mocha latte double espresso and washed it down with a Red Bull. Break yourself of coffee breaks with a community of support at Caffeinon. I'm just here for the free decaf. I know, it's crazy, right? (laughs) Crazy talk. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Having fun with the world gone crazy. All right, I'm going to let you in on some personal uh, news here. So, when the pandemic hit, um, remember the whole thing where they shut us down? I'm talking about the diner, the Barry Diner that my wife and I own. Uh, And all restaurants, they shut us down. For three months, Mm -hmm. we lost a ton of money. You couldn't recoup that. You know, but you had to keep paying rent. And uh, the kind landlord was like, you don't have to pay rent for three months. And then after it was all over, where's the money? Yeah, then you you had to pay four months rent all in one month. Right, and they thought they were being (laughs) kind. Anyway, that's another story. But the government, then, uh, and DeSantis was ahead of the game as far as opening up goes. So, you know, good, thank you. But uh, we were still required to have 25% occupancy. So that went out for about, that was about six weeks. It was a while. Then it was 50% occupancy. And yeah, you had to have, didn't you have to have every other table? Yes. And you had to have all these provisions that were there you had to have like did you have to have um, dividers yeah, between did you have tables to have dividers yes you did okay yeah, all the, or, or nobody would come in because people were freaked out and I, you know i understand that but then it, it's traumatized some people to where their lives will never be the same i mean i saw a dude yesterday i was driving around i saw this guy and other other than the fact that he was wearing a mask in his car by himself he looked pretty normal i told you what i saw the other day not only a mask in the car, sunglasses on, and then they had something pulled up over the mask, over their nose too, and a big, huge hat. I'm like, you look like a serial killer. What are you doing? In the car alone. I'm like, what's happening? Yeah, it's, it's a crazy world we live in. So anyway, we had to take out a loan. And it was called an emergency disaster loan from okay. the Small Business Administration. Um, I have to pay it back. Of course you do. I have to pay it back. We worked hard to build that business. That's not an easy business. And then you ruined it for us because in March of 2019, we finally started making some money. So we went like five years, three years without making any money, losing money. You know, that's how it is when you open your own business. Started making money. They ruined all that with all those overreactions to the COVID. And then they offered us a loan. I had no choice. You see, the diner goes out of business or we get a loan. So we got the loan and now I have to pay it back. And I see this story, and I'm sure a lot of you in the same boat. I had a student loan when I was in college. Back then at UCF, it wasn't that much. It was like uh, I had to pay back $12,000. Sounds like nothing now, but that's what it was. Because colleges are the biggest ripoff ever. Unless you're going to have a degree that you use in academics, or you're going to be in medicine, or you're going to be something where you need the education, you know, it is nothing but a money grab. That's what universities have become. You've been exposed to them in the last few months as to what's really going on at our universities. Indoctrination, racism, all the way from the top, from the presidency. So anyway, that aside, Biden was told by the Supreme Court, uh-uh-uh, you can't do that. 
It's not constitutional. You cannot do what you're doing. So he skirted around the whole thing. They told him, you cannot take out student, uh, you cannot pay out student loans. So he's doing it anyway. What he's done is he's taken an existing program that uh, public sector workers, in other words, government workers like teachers and firefighters, will have their debts erased after 10 years of public service. So if you already have 10 years of public service and you've got a student loan floating out there, he's going to get rid of it now. We're talking another $5 billion in debt cancellation for student loans. I didn't get my student loan forgiven. Mm-hmm. I didn't get the diner loan forgiven, even though that was their fault. So Kevin O'Leary, Ventures chairman, he uh, was on Friday morning. I forget which channel. Why would one cohort of graduates in this particular time be forgiven their loan when everybody else that came before them or after them potentially has to pay back their debt? This is so unfair. It it touches on being un-American because your responsibility as an individual when you take on debt to get a college degree is you're investing in yourself and you know with certainty you have to pay it back. It makes you be a more responsible person when you think that way. Forgiving debt is such a horrific idea. It's so unfair. What about if you were in the military and you, you, know, you served your country and then you went and borrowed money, $60,000, right. $80,000, and you have to pay it back and these people don't? I mean, that's just wrong. It's unbelievable. The latest round of student debt cancellation brings the total amount of canceled debt loans for colleges one, one hundred, I can't even say it. $136.6 billion for more than 3.7 million Americans who will be voting in November. That's why he's doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this comes after the U.S. Supreme Court, just to be, I'm being redundant, but you got to listen to it. The Supreme Court blocked Biden's initial student loan handout last year, which would have cost more than $400 billion. But he usurped it by going out and saying, okay, well, public sector people work for the government. They already had a program for school repayments, and we'll take care of that that way. So you see, they already had that under. This is criminal criminal. See, the issue I have is because I'll see people say, well, just because you don't be the person that's like, well, I didn't get it so you shouldn't be able to get it either. It's not about that for me. For me, you're teaching people that there are no consequences for their personal choices. Nope. That's where I have an issue with it. Yeah, that's what DeSantis said. Another thing that's burdening young people are these student loans. Now, I don't support having a truck driver having to pay a student loan for someone that got a degree in gender studies. That is wrong. We should not have taxpayers do that. What I'm going to do, though, is I'm going to get to the root cause of the problem. These student loans are going to be backed by the universities because they need to have an incentive to produce gainful employment for people. They should not be indulging in ideological studies. They should be focusing on things that work. Yep, and the thing is, is right now, speaking of work, uh, nobody wants to work. The new generations, we spoke about this earlier, the new generations that are coming up, they don't want to work. They don't want to work, period. Don't want to work. Their life's been so cushy up to now, they just figure, well, why the hell should I work? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, what's the point, man? Denver Hospital uh, has reported they're, they're going bankrupt. Denver Health CEO Dion Lin warned that the center is in critical, critical area right now. They only have 15 beds left, and uh, they're stacked with people, but it's not because there's any pandemic going on or not. It's because every illegal immigrant in the world is pouring into their hospital. Right now, Dr. Stephen Federico says they have $136 million of patients 
all illegals who came in there, they gave them care, and of course, they don't have the money to pay. The uh, ability to provide and expand care to them has been greatly limited by our financial status prior to the arrival of migrants. And so we're needing to respond to this huge humanitarian crisis in our emergency rooms and our clinics. And so what we're looking for is for policymakers to stand up, step up and fund appropriately the health care providers that are providing this care. They're going to go out of business. So who suffers in the end? U.S. citizens. Mm-hmm. U.S. citizens. And nobody's doing anything about it. They're asking the government to replenish the $136 million, but that leaves them even. So in a few weeks, if they even do that, because I don't think they're going to, if they even do that, in just a few weeks to a month, they're back in debt again. Jeez. Why? They're not going to refuse service. And speaking of medical centers, the Milford Regional Medical Center, this doctor's name is Dr. Peter Schmalowitz, chief of medical officer at the Massachusetts Medical Center, released a new video. If you're a new patient there, I mean, if you're just coming in the emergency room, okay. you got to watch this video. I'm ill. I'm what? injured. I don't want to watch no stupid video. Why well, you got to watch the video? Let's Hi, say I'm going to be Dr. Schmalowitz. And yeah. If you're going to be in here for a, a terrible injury, watch my video first, so I'll tell you what I'm going to do with your terrible injury. I'm sure if it's a terrible injury they're not going to make you watch the video right away but at some point you're going to watch it and you know the other thing is you can watch it online before you go there milford regional medical center is committed to providing exceptional health care services to our community with dignity compassion and respect After everyone should expect a safe caring and inclusive environment in all our spaces our patient and visitor code of conduct helps us meet this goal yeah, they, I have a code of conduct when I come there. I mean, I understand you got to have rules yeah. and stuff, but no, and and you know, there's things that are unacceptable, violence. Sure, uh, that's what I'm saying. In there, you're drunk as hell, and you may hurt somebody. Yeah, ah. those things are understood, but this goes beyond that. This is uh, something, for instance, vulgar words, sexual words, <gasps> sexual actions, disrupting another patient's care. Schmalowitz warned that body language and tone of voice may also be important parts of this wrong communication. We are in a communist country. The doctor said some people will be given a chance to explain themselves should they be accused of such a conduct. If we believe you have violated our code with unwelcome words, this... This is communism. We are living communism right now. It's not what you said. It's the way you said it. Yeah, these are these are not acceptable words. Who is this jerk? Wow. He's the head of the medical center in Milford. But, but, but why? Why does he get to decide? That's what they all. That's they're yeah, but I mean, self-appointed. I guess who's social who's justice warriors? Goes, I don't man, like what? his tone. What do you guys think? I didn't like his tone either. I didn't think it was that bad. Yeah. Well, I'm sure their committee of uh, little Hitlers will decide. So if I got a compound fracture, I'm swearing, yelling. Right. You might not. Somebody take care of me. Well, sir, you keep cussing. We'll just leave you in the parking lot. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. All right. So what destroyed a $14 million jet's engine? It's an F-35 fighter. Very expensive. A Uh, goose. No, it wasn't flying. Well, sometimes you get a bird caught in there. It wasn't flying. Oh, on the ground? Yeah, it was oh, on the ground. plane crashed into it. No, it was in a, it was in a uh, maintenance uh, facility. Uh, maintenance workers were working at Luke Air Force Base on the engine of an F-35 aircraft. This wor- aircraft is worth about $14 million. Whoa. Yeah, so the report states three-member three maintenance team removed a panel and inserted a metering plug into the engine's fuel line to see what's going on. They prepared the aircraft for an engine test. They installed a metering plug. Then... They wanted to check for fuel leaks, so they started the engine. Oh. Yeah. Um, Nothing happened. The engine shut down after the 
test was over. Then they figured out that the engine has been completely destroyed. Nobody fessed up. They started doing a little investigating. They went through everybody's toolbox. One person's toolbox had no flashlight in it. Hmm. Where's the flashlight? It got sucked into the engine. What? Ooh. Yeah. That's no good. Officials said an incomplete toolbox kit inventory led to the flashlight that went through the engine and destroyed it. Damn. Isn't that something? People make mistakes. All that money, though. It's just a few million dollars and... Jenkins, you'll be working until, well, your grandkids will finally pay it off. And you know that's not the only time that's ever happened. That can't be the first. I mean, well, that guy know. was sucked into a commercial airline engine was... in, in Utah. Yeah. God. Dude. That's... Months after another lady in uh, Chicago got sucked into an engine for walking in front of it. During... did one girl lose her arm? Like, she didn't die, yeah. but she lost her arm? Yeah, they're in a hurry to get home, so they figure, I'll just walk out there right now while the plane hasn't stopped. You know, they don't allow you to, but some people are, like, so anxious to get it done so they can get yeah. home. Those... And they, they walk in front of the engine. Those can... turbines, that's that's a human-sized food processor. But what do you what do? I always think, what's the immediate reaction like you're walking down the stairs and someone jumps out and goes in and then the rest of you are just standing there like in final destination you just have a shocked look on your face how long i feel like i would freeze for a while oh yeah well not to be be like not to be gross or anything you know the movies exaggerate everything i don't think this blows the person out the other side like in a spray you disintegrate like the movies no i don't know what happens yeah i i'm i'm sure you get cooked at a certain point in the Process because the turbine you die instantly. Oh, you die instantly. Yeah, Yeah. the turbine chops you, but then you get sucked into the engine parts where I'm sure you just melt and there's stuff in there. Could you imagine the person that has to go in there and fix that? Oh yeah, I mean you're cleaning like bone and flesh and viscera out of every little piece. But wouldn't it be disintegrated? Is what I'm saying. I feel Uh, like I don't know. Like I said, I don't know if it's like the it's disintegrated. I think parts get hung and clung to parts. Yeah, yeah. Jill put it this way. When you go home, get your food processor. <laughs> I have food pro. I know I'm not stupid, Drop but I'm saying. Drop a pork chop in there and see what happens. Add a little bit of fire to it. See what happens. <laughs> put some lighter fluid in the food processor. Throw the pork chop in there. Put it on high. Okay. All right. So speaking of planes, um, this did you see the video of this thing? Which one? Oh, it's amazing. So this airplane's coming in for a landing in Miami. It's an emergency landing. He de- he declared an emergency while in the air. Mayday, mayday. They have an engine on fire. Okay. Atlas Air confirmed the plane. Adaros is the video. What do they mean by that? I don't know. Um, it was the aircraft was a cargo aircraft with five souls aboard. So they had an engine failure. All they could tell is they had an engine on fire. And you could hear the pilot going, oh, my God, oh, my God, fire, fire, fire. And then there's a video. Do you, did you uh, did I lose that video? Uh, let me see if I got it. The, uh... oh, God, I don't have it. Anyway, the Federal Aviation Administration uh, told Fox 35 down here that uh, the Atlas Air Flight 95 returned safely to MIA. When they got to the ground, they started looking over the aircraft, and they discovered there was a softball-sized hole in the engine. What's going on? Oh, my God. It's on fire. Oh, my God. Sorry. It's on fire. Mom. Yeah, if you saw this plane in the air, you would think it's going to blow up. That's how big the fire from the engine went. It kept Yeesh. spurting out fuel on fire, too. So you'd see the airplane go by. It was fly- These girls were on the ground. It's flying by. And you see these balls of fire trailing the Did aircraft. Did somebody try to shush her? Because you notice she says it, and she's like, oh, sorry. But, oh, my gosh. I don't know. Probably. Yeah, I don't know what that Yikes, was. dude. Very strange. Yeah, so they made a landing. They were supposed to go to Puerto Rico. They turned right around and landed in Miami. Jeez. 
Yeah, and uh, what do we got here? Finally, uh, let me tell you this story real quick. CBS Sports host shared her insane experience opening her checked luggage after her Delta flight and realized someone had taken all her underwear. They went through her check bag what? and took all her panties and thongs and stuff. Why and left she every, her underwear? Left everything else. Well, why do you think? <laughs> exactly. I'm going to wear these later. <laughs> She says, uh, this is going to sound insane. I just got to my hotel. I was unpacking my bags, and I noticed that it had been opened because I have this compartment that I know I zipped closed, and it was open. Uh, her name is Max. She said, normally, if a TSA looks in your bag, they'll have a little piece of paper in there that says someone looked at your bag that's just right. to confirm that that's why it's a little you know, messed up. Right. It's called notice of bag inspection. The TSA is the one that issues that notice when they go through your bag. She said, everything else seemed to be fine. It wasn't like a TSA went through. It was all like I left it, except for this little zip-up part where I keep all my underwear and bras. Someone effing took it. Somebody oh. came into my bag, stole my undergarments, and now I have no undergarments. What an inconvenience. You get yeah. to the place and you're like, no, I got no underwear. I got to yeah, go to the store. Go commando. Yeah, I'm a little cold right now. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your pilot speaking. And if you look to your right, you'll see some mountains. And if you were able to look into the cockpit, you'd see me in a really cute pencil skirt with a sexy thong. I'd really like to know what you think of it. Just use your imagination. It's a black pencil skirt, and the thong is really riding up. I'm wearing a matching black blouse with a lacy bra underneath. Next to me is my co-pilot, who's wearing a red teddy. Never mind how we got these clothes. Just know that they look stunning. And we're both wearing high heels, traipsing around the cockpit, looking so fierce. Anyway, we know you have a choice which airline you leave the lock on your luggage unlocked on and we're glad you chose us lady in c4b the rick stacy morning show with jill and smokestack i call that a lose 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 streaming right now on 1059 sunnyfm.com the rick stacy morning show with jill and smokestack so wake up people having fun with the world gone crazy Brought to you by All Electric Services. So here's a restaurant uh, that actually did something a little out of the ordinary when one of the patrons requested a, uh, something that they really weren't comfortable doing. Um, it's an American tourist was, excuse me, this was in Canada. It was an American in Canada posted a photo after they ordered a burger at the Toronto Airport Hilton Hotel. Oh, geez. They made them sign a waiver because the person wanted the burger cooked medium. The waitress took their order. Brought the burger, and then she handed him a food waiver and said that he couldn't sue them if it made them sick. I guess because it wasn't cooked all the way through and he wanted a little... Isn't that just a little asterisk at the bottom of the menu? I don't know. I guess in Canada, it's not a new thing. They have to have laws on the books for years, or they have, that say restaurants have to do burgers well done to kill any possible E. coli. Look at that. What kind of law says you're going to eat your food like this? That ruins the burger. I'm sorry. It says I might eat your shoe. What am I allowed to do nowadays? I can't even eat a burger without... No, you have to eat it burnt. Well, Canada's just gone... Well, the guy said that he didn't even wind up eating the burger because he said, I took a few bites, but the whole thing that her telling me the burger could kill me made me not want to eat it. (laughs) Can you believe that? What are we coming to as people? Dude, Canada's so far gone. You know, it's for your benefit and your health. I'll decide how well done your burger is. But then they, I saw a video the other day of this one girl. Just and you tell know me how, how people, to wipe, too. Jeez. You know how people will make videos and then they'll comment on them, either next to it or right after it, and it'll say, you know, commentary coming. So it was this girl... It was quite the opposite. She, I guess, made her own burger. She's like, you guys, I made the best burger. Look how juicy it is. And she turns it around and squeezes it. It's nothing but blood coming out of its raw. And then this guy comments on it. Of course, he's hilarious. And he's like, that thing's still moving, blah, blah, blah. But it was, she barely cooked the outside. It looked like, you know when you get um, a pre-made burger patty and you could see the little... 
I don't even know what you call them. The meat has like little wiggles in it. You know, when you get raw meat. Oh yeah, oh. that's like the machine. The, right. So right. it's it's you could still see that. Yeah. So it wasn't even cooked. It was just yeah. looked like a raw yeah. meat patty. No, thermometer's pretty handy for cooking. I well, don't know if anybody thought of that. Yeah, those are very clever. You know, and then there's the other side of the coin is, is the pork thing drives me nuts. Well, the I burger know. thing's bad, too. You know, it's funny. I converted somebody. People in my family, one of uh, Angie's sisters. Burger has to be completely singed. And one day I was sitting with her, I go, do you like the way that tastes? She goes, well, it's not great, but, but I want to be safe. So I went in the kitchen at the diner. Did you make her a burger? We made her a burger medium, a little pink in the center. I said, take a bite. Don't don't look at it. Take a bite of it. She took a bite of it. No more well done. Mm -hmm. And I told her, I said, you're not going to die. Unless, of course, the meat's bad. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like... There's no need for that. Like the pork. People, you go. that's why I don't go to anybody's house anymore that says they're going to invite me over for dinner. For, for pork? This is not a put down. I don't know how to cook, but mm-hmm. I'm exposed to a lot of the right. professional- You came to my house for dinner? Yeah. I'm exposed to a lot of the professional cooking. You did well. well a lot of people- yeah, well, I've been cooking my whole life. Yeah. A lot of folks don't realize that, you know- the juices are so hot inside the meat that they're continuing to cook the meat even after you pull it off the Oh no, heat red source. meat? Red meat? If you if you make a steak on a grill or a stove or wherever you make your steak, if you think you're going to cook it to medium rare and it's going to come out medium rare when they eat it, you're totally off the mark. You have to make rare, you know, a little over rare and then it cooks for the next 5 minutes. Mm-hmm. By the time it gets to the table, it's all gray. Carry over cooking. It's, it's an art. It really is. I can't do it, but my wife knows, obviously, she's a chef. But uh pork, pet peeve of mine. You go to somebody's house, they'll throw the pork on the grill and it really it should be done. If it's a slice of pork loin, mm-hmm. it should be done in about, you know, 7 minutes. It's really hard to cook, cook things on the grill. They'll cook it for 20 grill. minutes. Oof. Oh, that's too much. What are you doing? Uh-uh. It's been over 160 degrees for a half hour. Your couch is going to be easier to chew. Right? My husband isn't a fan of pork, so I don't really cook it a lot at the house, but when I used to make pork tenderloins... Um, a tenderloin. I, a tenderloin. I would I roast it instead of put it on the grill. The grill sometimes really dries things out, so you roast it so it's in the juice and it comes out yeah. delicious. Roast those I, juicy loins. Yeah. Um, here's some of the weirdest items left in hotel rooms. You ever leave something in a hotel room and you're like, oh, God, that's nah. embarrassing. Uh, no? Not really. I mean, if I have, it's like a sock or something. My friend left her boobs in a hotel room once Left her boobs? Break. Oh, yeah. yeah. You had to sneak in and grab them. I did. God, I was such a good friend. I underestimated my level of friendship. Yeah, but you also snuck into your roommate's area in uh, college and smoked cigarettes on her bed. I did. Yeah. She was a bitch. She deserved it. Um, I'm, 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 I'm confused. <laughs> I'm confused. She left what on her? Her boobs. She left her chicken cutlet boobs. You know what those are? No. So they're like, um, if you don't want to wear a bra and you don't want the your nerps to show through. It's you, called filler, Rick. They're like, um, they look like chicken cutlets, but you put them between your your, you, they just kind of stay onto your boob. Or if you want to push up, you put them in your bra. Isn't that false advertising? Probably, yeah. And so a friend of mine got really drunk and she hooked Do up with this guy. For men? And she came, I don't know, you can check. And she came home. We were on spring break. We're at a hotel in Panama City Beach. And she comes to our room and she's like, oh God, I left my boobs. Can you go get them? Because she was a mess. She's probably got them. And I was like, what's uh, yeah, his room? I, she probably thinks she moved in with him because he's got the boobs. Well, because what happened was, I guess when she went to hook up with him, she ran into the bathroom, took them out so he wouldn't feel them. Wait a so second. she took him out, wrapped him in a towel, and put him behind the toilet. So then oh she, my god! Yeah. So then she asks me, "Can you go get him?" So I'm like, "I'm the only sober one." So I'm like, "Cause it was mor- it was morning time. She came home in the morning. I'm waking up. I'm taking a shower. I'm getting ready to go out by the pool." And so I go, "Yeah, what room is it?" And she's like, "It's the one right." They were close. They were on our floor. So I opened the door. Their door was unlocked. First of all, 
then everybody's passed out on the floor and I'm like, somebody's going to wake up and punch me in the face because they're going to think I'm an intruder. But I walked into their bathroom and shook out a towel behind the toilet and sure as hell, there they were. So <laughs> wait a minute. Did, my back. I got so many questions. It's never happened to me, but if you meet a girl and you hook up and, mm-hmm. and she's so drunk or whatever, she forgets to take him out and they just fall in his face. I mean, doesn't that, doesn't that just totally ruin the night? I would think that's probably why she removed him. And the other thing is, you see her, and you you're gonna hook up with her. You yeah. see her wherever bar, wherever you're, you know. You're Pretty sure everything was a blur at the point that he saw her. Yeah, but, but still, I'm, look, but I'm a guy, so I know what I see. When you know, I mean, you make your choices depending mm-hmm. on the um, most men, the boobs. Right. You know, so you see these mm-hmm. hefty boobs, and yeah. you're looking forward to that. And you get to the room, and they're gone. Even if she properly hides them, and they're yeah. just gone. Hey, what happened? I mean, she's there. She has them. They're just. Um, they were. Accentuated more that night. Ah, so uh, did, does it, anybody ever sue anybody over that? Uh, do they make one for dudes like uh, some sort of sleeve that yeah. I could what uh, if make I wore, things just appear a bit more grander than they are? What if I wore a six-pack torso, rubber thing? <laughs> Please do. That'd be awesome. And then, and then you get me up in the room and I unstrap it. And, and you're and, fatty. Yeah, and my belly comes <laughs> piling out. Dunlap's disease. What happens then? You're a lot squishier hey, than you look. Can you, I left my, I left my torso in the room behind a toilet. <laughs> I know it's crazy, right? Crazy talk. You know it's just easier to call you stupid. Now, stupid news on the Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Spokestag. Well, it happened again. Somebody's not dead, and everybody says she's dead. This is a. Uh, Elaine McGrath, she's 85 years old, retired teacher in the UK. She had to argue with the government that she's not dead. I don't understand these stories. It's like, but I'm right here. Here's your proof. We need paper. But but me, my person, I'm I'm the proof. Yeah, this is the fourth time it's happened. Her provider isn't convinced that she's not dead. Seems that her account was wrongly matched with someone who is dead and then stopped her pension. For the fourth time, she got two letters from the teacher's pension company asking her if she was dead. <coughs> Yes, I'm dead. Sorry. <laughs> it seems oh. that if someone answers a letter like that, it would serve as a proof that you're alive. She answered yeah. those letters and nobody said anything. I would just be like, this is me. I'm alive. I don't understand. What's the deal? Yeah, she finally had to go to a government agency that uh, luckily somebody there was real nice enough to make a few phone calls and straighten the whole thing out. Here in the United States, that would never happen. It would be like years. Oh, my God. How many times have we read stories here, people dead, that are not dead? And you have to prove it. That's the weirdest thing. It's like, you, what What other proof do you need? I'm here, ain't I? Well, according to this, you're dead. Um, you ever been to Zaxby's Chicken? Yeah. Is it any good? I, I've yeah, been, it's really I've, good. I haven't been here ever. I used to do commercials for them years ago when they, they first opened up. It's good chicken. All right. Well, on Wednesday, a 26-year-old man uh, was pulled over by the uh, Columbia County Sheriff's Office. The department said a deputy was conducting a citizen contact with two men in the car in Zaxby's parking lot, which looked suspicious. So, of course, somebody called it in. That doesn't happen anymore. While talking to them, he detected an order of marijuana hmm. and discovered one of the men had an outstanding warrant from DeSoto County for possessing a firearm as a convicted felon. Smells like weed and guns in here, yeah. fellas. Yes. Deputy then detained Byron Chapman, who had just pulled out of the Zaxby's parking lot. That's when he opened a chicken wind box and found it filled with counterfeit money, along Ooh. with a firearm in a black trash bag. He's been arrested, of course. He's going back to jail for quite a while. For, he, he had a convicted. He was a felon. 
So convicted felon with a firearm, you're going away for a little while. In the pokey. Minimum mandatory five years, I think. Yeah. Really? And then the fake currency on top of it, counterfeit money. Oh, that's big. And an empty Zaxby's box without chicken in it, that's another... It's disappointing in and of itself. It's another charge. Isn't that funny that you go to jail for having fake money, yet the government can print as much as they want? Isn't that incredible? It's wild. Man was taken to Allegheny County Jail after police said he was naked in a downtown bagel shop in Pittsburgh. <gasps> oh, oh, yeah, no. yeah. A criminal complaint says 40-year-old Brandon George was spotted naked at the Brugger's Bagels on Grant Street. I mean, police said his eyes were bloodshot and there was an odor of alcohol on his breath. <laughs> police say he resisted arrest when he was put into a police vehicle. George faces a preliminary hearing later this month. Yep. you got to pull the bagels off of him. They're stuck on his... <laughs> Drunk and I want to be naked with bagels. Why? I just want a bagel. Just give me the bit. Sir, don't use them like that. Do you have any specific behavior that you do when you're drunk? Is there like one, th- your go-to? Do you have like a certain behavior? No. You don't? I sleep. Yeah, the okay. sleeping part for me. Um, yeah, That's about it. I don't like drinking anymore. No, it's not fun at all. Mm-mm. Not the next day, for sure. Uh, don't get the buzz I used to get. Really? No, no. no. It's just kind of like a, you feel okay for about 10 seconds, you say something stupid, the next morning it you feel like right crap. Another day. Yeah. <laughs> it's not worth it. Get 30 seconds of fun, and then hours of nausea later. Well, I don't drink as much as you do. I'm talking about like one or two drinks. Well, Rick gets drunk. You're a cheap drunk. Yeah, but he drinks martinis. He can only have one or two drinks, yeah. and then he just... Oh, God, I can't drink that stuff. Well, you figure it's, you know, really, because I don't use a shot glass. You know, some people will, hey, go- hey, I read the book. I know how to do this. You know, I, oh, you I, just I, eyeball. He's poor with eyes. Yeah, just <laughs> vodka. I don't want to go right for me. Sprinkle that red crap in the refrigerator and a lime. I thought you were making a drink for me. There's not two there. <laughs> Guy traveling through JFK Airport is in custody of allegedly attempting to smuggle cocaine inside a bag of jumbo shrimp. I wouldn't look in the shrimp either, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, U.S. Attorney General's Office, Zachary Scott, 22, was arrested Friday after going through customs after arriving from Guyana on American Airlines. When Scott's suitcases were picked up for a second screening, Customs and Border Patrol found several packs of jumbo shrimp wrapped in sealed plastic inside those bags. Well, dude, you're dumb for, one, flying with shrimp because they're going to check that. You're on an international flight and you're not supposed to bring animal stuff. Nope. When picking the bag bags out, they thought they were unusually heavy because inside was 40 pounds of cocaine oh. in bags that would normally hold about half a pound of shrimp. Damn! Yeah. And I got the yayo. And, and I got the shrimp. Yeah. A European delivery company had to disable its AI chatbot after it started swearing at the, <laughs> swearing at the customers. <laughs> People are calling it the worst delivery firm in the world. Dynamic Parcel Distribution had to turn off its AI chat bots. Uh, disgruntled customer Ashley Bocamp managed to get it to swear at him and write yep. a disparaging poem. Because you can, I guess you can manipulate it. So they got it to the AI to really, really hate it because she had a bad experience with them, I think. Wow. So then Bocamp shared the whole thing, the interaction on, on Twitter. Yeah. X called the system utterly useless on Thursday after she was unable to get the device to give him a customer service number. So we asked, uh, he asked it to write down a poem about how useless DPD is. That's the parcel service. And it seemed the chatbot was just about as fed up with the company as Bocamp was. Uh, and it started cursing out the company, the customer, and everything else. <laughs> DPD was uh, said that there were wasted time when she called customer service to tell them about the worst nightmare ever, and uh, couldn't get any help. Well, it's because she, you know, angered the one person that was helping her. Right. Could, couldn't get a real person on the line. No, never can. No, you can't. N- nobody, nobody does that anymore. 
There's yeah. no accountability. I have so many gripes with pre-recorded prompts on the phone. Oh, it makes you angrier. It's like, you ever get the one, the first one, they have to give you the list of things you can mm-hmm. punch one, two, and three, four. Like, number one, for hours and location, um, I can look that up on my freckles on my skin right. now with the microchips we got. Yeah, but see, it's it's all part of the plan. They want you to be annoyed enough yeah. to stay on the phone they so you do. just give up and say, never mind. Well, you know problem unsolved. <laughs> That's what wind up happening. I have family coming in town this week and I was trying to make a reservation at a restaurant. So I go to the restaurant website and I go on the app to make the reservation. Well, it's quite a bit of people and it was like, oh, we can't take a reservation online for that amount of people. Call the restaurant to make your reservation. So I call the restaurant, says for reservations, press two. I press two. I'm sorry, we take all of our reservations online. Please go to the website. I'm like, okay. Just tell yeah, me yeah, there's no, a maximum number, all right? <laughs> no, it's amazing. I love the part where it says for directions, who sits there and writes directions? Directions down from a voice prompt. Who does that? Where Left am I going? At the, and that what? drives me back to the thing that makes me crazy more than anything else in the world is when I hear somebody in a commercial say, "Go to our website at www." Who the f says that anymore? <laughs> who? Tell me. Who does it's it? It's the who World Wide Web. What ninety-five-year-old goes to the computer and types it? I think it's W. 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 It's www. Yeah, it's W. I won't do business. I'm not serious about it. I don't do it with any company that says that on their commercial that will waste three seconds of expensive commercial time to say WWW. I won't do business because you know what? They're incompetent. They can t- I can tell already. They need to get with it. I mean, look at that. You call any government agency? That's what they do. WWW. 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 Anyway, she said that uh, don't ever deal with dynamic parcel distribution, the most incompetent company, and then get a robot that tells you F you. (laughs) Do you have something to say but just can't seem to put it into words? Then let a robot do it. Introducing AI, artificial insult. Hey, honey, what do you say we, you know? Um, I'm not in the mood. You have really let yourself go. Disgusting, disgusting. Hey, how could you (laughs) say that? It wasn't me, it was the AI. Yes, no need to come up with insults yourself. Let the AI do it. Jenkins, these reports are a mess. Um, You are the one who is a mess. You are bald and ugly and a mess. Go f*** yourself. You are trash, trash, trash. Yikes, Jenkins. The new AI (laughs) artificial insults. Try it today. Yeah, try it today, you stupid idiot. The station is about sex, violence, and the weather. The Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. I like that. On 105.9 Sunny FM. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 